What does the Sinisterhood live show sound like? You're about to hear it now. We recorded this episode at Wise Guys in Salt Lake City and had such a great time. We also had a special audience participation portion at the end where Judge Christie ruled on the grievances of wronged audience members, and it includes a very spirited discussion about cheese that you cannot miss. If you want to be a part of our live show fun, head to Sinisterhood.com slash live shows and get tickets for a show near you. We'll be in Houston on October 28th and finishing up our Dallas tour on November 2nd. If we're not coming to your town, you can chat with us live in our monthly Q&As and catch live stream performances of our bonus content each month via Patreon. Head to SinisterHood.com and click Patreon on the top banner to subscribe today. And don't forget to stick around after the show this week to hear your Patreon shoutouts. We hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening and keep it creepy. Curator is the premier shopping membership created by fashion authority Rachel Zoe. In addition to so many other benefits, members earn access to The Shop, an exclusive e-commerce marketplace offering hundreds of Rachel Zoe approved products from clean beauty to glamorous accessories and beyond by the most coveted emerging and established brands. Best of all, members unlock deeply discounted pricing of up to 60% off. Shop brands like Gucci, Kate Spade New York, Missoni Home, Marc Jacobs Beauty, and many more. The Shop membership is the most accessible and flexible membership option, inviting you into the curator world of insider-only access and discounts for only $40 to start. In addition to saving up to 60%, members also earn $50 rewards every three months. Luxurious new products are added daily and just in time for holiday shopping to get your friends and family exceptional gifts at unbeatable prices. This season, let the shop be your one-stop shopping marketplace. Join the membership today at curator.com and use code CREEPY for an additional 20% off. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-U-R dot com and use code CREEPY. For centuries, for centuries, for centuries, so many centuries. Okay, now for centuries. For centuries, this region was home to bright lights in the sky and treacherous monsters on the land and water. Soon, it became clear nearly all of the -the out-of-this-world events centered around one family's homestead. Once word spread, journalists, scientists, researchers, and billionaires descended on the place, hoping to capture hard evidence. Is what they found proof of visitors from another world or just the basis for a great story? Tonight's episode is Skinwalker Ranch. Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed, you'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood Oh man, we that was uh, 
It was a farther walk than the song. We just we were joking we didn't around. Time it right. Yeah, we were just talking, and we're like, "Oh, the song's ending. Go!" <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you very much for cheering for um, for us in yes. the darkness. Thank and you. thank you to ourselves for not tripping over the stage, which was something we were very concerned about. Both so. of us uh, trip on just nothing. Yeah. So, add any I shoes. fall over just standing still. So, oh, yeah, there's a. How's everybody doing? Yeah! Oh, What's wow! Up? Hello! Hello, guys! Look at all, all you guys out here. Thank you, thank you. My phone was in my pocket. That's where I read the written intro from. So I wanted to get it out of there. Oh, you know what we should do while you oh, have it? Oh, let's take a picture. Let's take a selfie with everybody. We keep forgetting to do this, and so we're going to do it now so we don't forget. Okay, you ready? So everybody get excited. Wait, are we in it? Hold yeah, on. That's a I selfie. didn't turn it around. Hold on. Are we in a okay. selfie? I think so. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank guys. you so much. Um, yeah, we would have been in it, but I had to turn the camera around. That's on me. Nice. Uh, but thank you guys for coming out tonight. Thanks for Wise Guys for hosting us. Yes. We really appreciate it. It's been so awesome so far. Uh, everybody's Everyone's been great. great. This yes. is a fun area. We um, were, you know, perusing the area earlier, and it's it's fantastic. I love we, any, any uh, place with. Uh, Ample shopping. I'm yes. down for that. You have a lovely airport. Very spacious. It is. Very clean. <laughs> was very clean. You were like, this is such a fancy airport, and like, not that many people are using it, so it stays nice. Yeah. <laughs> it was very clean. Uh, our Uber driver from the airport, we uh, asked him on the way here, so what is kind of like the local food that you guys are known for, so we can check that out. So here's what, this is our impression of you guys so far. Um, he goes, well, you know, there's a lot of big families here. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And he's like, so it's all about, you know, feeding as many mouths as you can on a budget. So we're kind of known for green jello. Is that true? <laughs> That's a thing? He's like, you got to feed your whole family. You can't, the best way to do that is with jello. Yeah. I, like, I don't think there's nutrition in that at all. And he goes, well, you can put fruit chunks in it. So yeah, he's people like, do that. You, sometimes you put pineapple or mandarin oranges. He's like, it'll be at weddings. It'll be at like big family gatherings. And then he's like, also uh, funeral potatoes. <laughs> all right. It's a thing. First of all, they sound awesome. I don't even, if there's somebody that I'm like on the fence about, if they died, that's fine. There's funeral potatoes. Like, yeah, they seem real. The description I heard, they sounded good. Yeah. Sounds like somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, he's he, like hot dish casseroles. Casseroles. And yeah. then he said he likes a buffet. Which yep. <laughs> what was it called? Oh, Chuckle Rama. Chuckle Rama. Yeah. Chuckle Rama. I'm glad to know that Ralph didn't steer us wrong. That you guys are like <laughs> confirmed. Ralph knew. He Ralph said he knew. was born and raised in Utah. So I was like, so basically, you're telling me we need to find like a family gathering or funeral, oh, wait. and we will just eat well while we're here. So. <laughs> Uh, our condolences, if that applies to any of you, but also let us know, because I would love to try these funeral potatoes. I don't yeah, and I don't know that I want to eat funeral potatoes not at a funeral. I feel like they're comfort food, and I need to really need the comfort, yeah. and then I can enjoy them. If they're not at the funeral, they're just potatoes. <laughs> exactly. They're just all gratin potatoes <laughs> at that point. Well, uh, so that's, our, that's what so we far. know of Utah and Salt Lake. Yes. This is our first time here. but it's been great. Everywhere you go, there's beautiful mountains. Oh, it like looks you're like you're just driving to work, and you got a bunch of mountains. We just have trash to stare at when we <laughs> drive around. It's true. It looks like a Bob Ross painting out there. And yes. I, I was in a, a, an Uber running an errand earlier, and the woman said, "Well, where are y'all from?" And I said, "Oh, I'm from Dallas." And she goes, "A friend of mine just moved to Dallas." And I said, "Oh, maybe you should move with her." She goes, "No." <laughs> 
was like, oh, that's fair. No, no. <laughs> it's totally fair. Yeah, someone at the show last night was like, uh, I hated Dallas, so I just moved here. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, well, fair. We fair. still live there. <laughs> and he's you like, you're like, I'm from Dallas. Someone's like, I used to live there. Never again. <laughs> not like, anymore. That's okay. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> you're not hurting my feelings. We like it. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. There's like millions of people there. So chances <laughs> are we were never going to run into you anyway. So <laughs> it's totally fine. Well, we heard a lot of hoops and hollers for tonight's topic. Uh, did you guys, had? did you have a feeling? Like, did anyone know what it was going to be? <laughs> Um, yes, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I the book I one of the books I read for this. Um, it sounded like from the author, and I'm not, I'm not labeling you guys. It, he's like everyone in Utah has seen a UFO. Like that's yeah. what the book <laughs> sounded like. And then he's like, or they seen something in the sky that they thought was a UFO, but sometimes it's the moon. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, me too, man. <laughs> me too. But he kind of came out out of like a large percentage of people have seen UFOs in Utah. So on the plane here, I've just got this big book that says Utah UFOs on it. Uh, I was like, I'll Round of right applause in. if you've seen a UFO. Okay. It said 10% yes. of you. The Uinta Basin. What, are, what do you call yourself? Utahns? Utahns. Utahns? Utahns. Utahns. 10% you know of Utahns. So, what, 200 people here? 20 of you? That checks out. Senior UFO. All right. Start a group after the show. I like to, I mean, we're, y'all are probably giving us more credit because we called you properly Utahns and not Utahns. But we had an insider at the Denver show last night tell us, we we're like, we're going to Utah tomorrow. We don't look like idiots. <laughs> what do you guys call yourself? Give me the hot takes. Like, what's your, not hot takes. Give us the tips. I want to know what to say. There was a huge Colorado, Colorado debate last night. We were shouted at. Woo! We were shouted You'll hear down. it. You'll hear it. It was recorded. So you guys, <laughs> you guys will hear it. But everyone's on the same page that it's pronounced Utah and Utahns. Utahns. But you do have a weird thing about the Uinta Basin and how that's spelled. Sometimes there's an H and sometimes yeah. there's not an H. So that, that was... There was like a chapter in that book I read and I was like, I want to know about UFOs, so I'm going to skip this. <laughs> <laughs> Why it's spelled that way? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we, uh... It's spelled different ways throughout the... You were spelling with an H now, and I was spelling with an A, so <laughs> you can tell who wrote what, because we're like, no, there's no H. I was the no H. I was team no H. Team no, well, I'm team H, always. It's me. Oh, that's true. You have to be. Um, awesome. Well, yeah. we're excited. Are you guys to- ready to, yeah. to get into it? Yeah. yeah. Last night, Heather still made us introduce ourselves, even favorite. though I was like, they know who we are. Listen, I, you, you, they probably know, but you for sure know that I'm a person that likes the same things in the same way. That's true. And it makes As me sick. I. I go to the same restaurant the same day of the week at the same time with the same person and eat the same waffle. And I told the server, please, you cannot leave or you will ruin my life. <laughs> Your and he's like, he was like, I'll buy the restaurant. And he did buy the restaurant, so that's so nice. But for me, it's a lot of the same. He, was he already anyway. had plans he to do he, that. He it wasn't like I didn't start that. I was like, he was like, you know what? Happen. I will buy the restaurant just so I don't ruin the your customer's life. Customers always right. <laughs> we'll never leave this place. Uh, no, it was. It's a lovely thing. But uh, for me, I like to hear that same. Um, I, I feel you. And so it makes we'll do me it. like. So thank okay. you for indulging us to introduce one another. Yeah, she also just uh, words of affirmation are Heather's love language. Thank so, you so much. if you if I oh if God, she says you. what I'm gonna you're gonna say your name. I'm Heather. I thought people would cheer. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to set you up for 
It's so funny feel because good about you, no, I appreciate it. You you I'm always sorry. no, it's great. You tell people that my um my love language is words of affirmation, like so much that it sounds like if people don't say nice things to me, I will crumble, and that's that's true though. Like so, <laughs> keep doing that. The guy, the gentleman that was helping us with the meet and greet last night, taking the photos after everyone, he was like, "You guys look amazing." And the next photo, he goes, you look amazing. And I'm like, did they, was that in the writer? That they'd be like, you need to tell Heather this. Yeah, I have, I have a secret writer I send that's just like, please compliment Heather as much as possible. Or our show will tank. She will wilt she like a flower. Yeah, like she'll curl uh. up in the fetal position afterwards. I got to talk her, talk her down. Uh, my love language is quality time. So you guys are all here. So hey. that's all I need. Yeah. Um, also, um, acts of love. So, uh, hey. yeah, that's why Tommy, Tommy's in the house tonight. Tommy, yeah, Tommy is in the house. So is Leanne. Hi, Yay, my wife. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And uh, <laughs> let's get into it. Thank you. Are you just gonna call for cheers throughout? Yes, I need that. Okay, we're that. gonna get an applause sign yes. that we now that we I'm start using. those hats, and then you pull it, and it goes clap, 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 clap. <laughs> that would actually be really cute. We probably should do that for our Texas <laughs> leg. In 1905, the Myers family homesteaded a large area of land just south. How do you guys say this? Duquesne. Duchesne. It's, that is not spelled like it sounds. Well, between Alec Murdoch, where none of those letters are in that name, Mm -mm. it's been a struggle recently with the research. Duquesne? Duchesne. Duchesne. Normally, Heather puts, it spells it out next to the... I took for granted the the audiobook I listened to. Okay. Just south of Fort Duchesne in Uinta County. In 1934, their descendants, Kenneth and Edith Myers, settled on the 480-acre property, creating a ranch and several homestead properties in which they lived. Throughout their time there, the Myers and others in the Uinta Basin of eastern Utah became used to seeing UFOs in the area. From the late 1960s throughout the 1970s, the area was host to repeated sightings of odd, unexplained aircraft, with one article from 1978 calling the basin famous for UFO sightings over the past 10 years. That same, <laughs> same article was, it talked about a family, it was a young man who was 13, and he saw a UFO outside, and his first instinct was to, he goes, I went up underneath it and looked straight up into yeah, the light. That's what you and should do. Like, Every horror movie has told you don't do that. Every sci-fi movie. He's like, I wanted to see what was going on inside. That's not something your parents prepare you for when they're like giving you the talk. They need to tell. (laughs) And apparently in Utah, they need to be like, and if you ever see a UFO, this is what you do. (laughs) And then he said, I ran inside to get my brother so he could stare up and do it too. It's just like, come on. This family's about to lose two kids (laughs) to an abduction. They're like, Michael Myers broke in our house. We ran right upstairs. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) The Myers family lived at their ranch for 53 years. Kenneth passed away in 1987, and five years later, Edith left the ranch to live in a rest home. Of course, the Myers were obviously not the first people to settle the area, now known as Skinwalker Ranch. Well before they arrived, the indigenous Ute tribe occupied the area. While the tribe was initially allied with the nearby Navajos, this relationship was shattered during the late 19th century. With the Americans invading, the Ute took up arms with the new arrivals, aiding in the expulsion of the Navajo from their lands. 
This caused the Navajo to send one or more skinwalkers, malevolent, shape-shifting witches of the Navajo people, into the area, according to Legends of America. This led locals to deem the ranch in the path of the skinwalker. And eventually, it earned its name Skinwalker Ranch. Once you kind of get into it, you start to learn the skinwalker is a whole separate thing, and they just use the name, and it's all about spacecraft. <laughs> but they're like, we're going to label it. So, and you're like, no, you twisted that. That's not yeah. what you're describing. You left is... out a big chunk yes. of the history of what happened. It's more, uh, yeah, they, they've used that name to, I think, label everything that has to do with this specific ranch, when in real, it's majority just people running out to their yard looking up into the lights. <laughs> When Edith passed away in 1994, Kenneth's brother Garth inherited the property. He was a doctor, not a rancher, so Garth sold the property to Terry and Gwen Sherman, who moved in with their teenage son and 10-year-old daughter. Terry was an expert cattle rancher and moved up from New Mexico with his family, bringing his prize herd along with them. According to the book Hunt for the Skinwalker by Dr. Colm Kelleher, the Sherman family, which the book calls the Gordons, a pseudonym, were surprised to find upon moving in that the Myers had installed locks on the property. At first blush, it seemed normal, but the locks were located both inside and outside of the windows and doors, including interior doors and kitchen cabinets, giving pause to the Shermans. Yeah, they described that they had locked the kitchen cabinets and that this is what I don't... Y'all can help. Maybe you can help. They said that some of them had those locks, like the sliding locks, on the inside of the kitchen cabinet. So, so you'd have to have somebody in the kitchen cabinet. That's what I didn't understand. They had some on the outside as well, but I don't know. I guess if you're out just drilling locks, you're like, fuck it. We, got them. <laughs> we bought them in bulk. Dude. <laughs> like, Carrie, what is that for? Like, you don't know. If something got in, like if an alien got in the kitchen cabinet, yep. then it can like lock itself in there. Oh, yeah. And then you're just like, you're both pl- back and fighting forth. back with the back locks. Like, who's going who's gonna to win? It's a fight. It's a fight. And they're like, damn it. She's like, I told you you shouldn't have put one on the inside. He's like, shut up. I'm doing my best. What was the one we did where they had that in the house? Was that the New Jersey Watcher? No, this Smurl family? What? That they locked stuff they up? They had the locks on the Oh, I think that was the, uh, the screaming house because there was that a was damn it. clown floating up and down the yeah. stairs. I'd lock the doors inside, too. Mm-hmm. Ute spiritual leader Larry Sespooch grew up up and around the ranch and spent summers hauling hay for the Myers family. He told the History Channel about the deadbolts and large dogs that the Myers kept around the property. When he asked why they had undertaken such security measures, the couple told Larry, uh, Things come at night. Neighbors told the Myers... <laughs> That's when that That's man broad. is like, I'm clocking out. It is sundown. I'm going to go. Yeah. Here's your hay. I'll come back tomorrow. (laughs) Neighbors said the Myers family had developed a Uh, live and let live relationship with whatever inhabits the property. According to Kelleher's book, these people are way more chill than I would have been. He's like, we we can be fine with them. There's locks inside the cupboards. (laughs) We're safe. (laughs) But even if we lock ourselves inside the cupboards, they can still get us from outside the cupboards, Terry. They can lock us in the cupboards. Yeah, this is great. This attitude of like, "Ah, fuck it. I mean, what are you going to do? You know what? I appreciate the attitude, though, of like, they were here first. Yeah. We came into their land. We're going to let him chill. And if it's just you, you know, they're, uh, I think by the 60s, you know, they were older at the time. You know, what do they, he's like, what am I going to fist fight an extraterrestrial? <laughs> like, he's like, they got lasers, babe. I'm not going out there. Just, uh, but I got like, locks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just like the Myers, the Sherman family experienced multiple incidents that cannot be explained by conventional means. The first of the three kinds of UFOs the family saw was described to the Deseret News. A small box-like craft with a white light. The second... A 40-foot-long object. And the third type... A huge ship the size of several football fields. The family also saw lights emanating from the 500-foot section of Mesa near the ranch and saw beams of light shooting out from the crafts. The way they described it sounded to me like whenever you see something in the sky and you're like, oh, I'm going to drive over there. Maybe it's a movie premiere. And you're like, oh, it's just a shitty dance club they're opening. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did I drive all the way over here? You're it's also home. like someone that caught a fish. And over the oh, years, yeah. like, oh, yeah. it's like, it was by the end, it's like, I caught a shark. Oh, the it's like, that was a perch. <laughs> the descriptions of all, not just the Sherman family, but of all the things we were talking about in the green room. One guy, his name was, uh, it was Kent Denver, which Kent is Denver. just... Fake name. Such a good name. But she, well, she was like, all these names sound fake. And I was like, or they only picked the ones with the funny names. That's true. Also One had Cooch. There was yeah. a Cooch. There was Joseph Cooch. That was their last name. They didn't just go by, like, shared. They no. just went by Cooch. Uh, they should have, though. They should. If your name is Cooch, lean into that. Lean into it. When, when you Own it. In, you don't want someone going, hi, Joseph. You want to be like, Cooch is here. Yeah. <laughs> Cooch parties. Yeah. Oh, Cooch yeah. is, like, the life of the party. Yeah. 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 Cooch does keg stands. You know yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Kent Denver said he saw a big old bowling pin. He said it was, a, like, a big, giant bowling pin in the sky with fire shooting at the bottom of it. <laughs> You're... Dude, I think you just smoked a bunch of weed and watched Big Lebowski, and then <laughs> someone interviewed you. That's right. It got him right at the right time, and it was like two years later, he was out riding bicycles and saw another aircraft, and I was like, I'm sensing a pattern here. <laughs> uh, and then there was Joanne Lube. I just have to say that name. It was great. Joanne yeah, also, Lube. Also, if your last name's Lube, you got to, who's coming? Cooch and Lube. That's all we need. <laughs> That's all you need at your party. That's it. Done and done. Cooch and Loop, they need a reality show. A law firm? Fuck yes. <laughs> yes. They're like, are you in a sticky situation? <laughs> <laughs> Call Cooch and Loop. Call Cooch and Loop. <laughs> uh, we'll g- <laughs> are, are, you, are you stuck between a... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Have you been caught with drugs smuggled up inside of you? <laughs> We understand, believe us. Are you in a tight spot? Call Cooch and Lube. Yeah. LLP. LLP, yes. Large flying objects weren't the only thing the Shermans claimed to see. The family has said they were also tormented by blood red and bright blue balls. (laughs) We've all been there. Who amongst us? Who amongst us hasn't been tormented by blue balls? And if they're bright blue, call your medical provider. (laughs) Well, these balls were larger than a baseball. Uh Uh-oh. Yikes. Also, I think that's called elephantitis, and also call Call your doctor. Call your doctor. But smaller than a basketball. And if your doctor can't help you, call Coach and Lou. (laughs) They They are also medical professionals. Yes. (laughs) They'll take take your case. (laughs) It doesn't, it could be anything. And Coach and Lou are the people that Coach and Lou will get into it, or whatever it is. (laughs) Always, yes. These objects floated near the ground, just above eye level. Two of these balls called a disastrous stampede of cattle one summer. (laughs) Magnificent balls. (laughs) Another hovered over their son's head, following him as he walked. 
Yet a third glowed blue and circled their home as they watched from their car a few feet away. Yeah, they were tormented by balls. Yes. So many balls. If you got balls causing stampedes, one's following your kid. (laughs) No, none of them are going in the cupboard, so you can't lock them in. She's like, I told you we should not have spent so much on the lock. Why didn't we get nets? (laughs) (laughs) We budgeted all of our money on these locks. We have nothing to catch these balls now. She's like, we can't even use a baseball glove because they're bigger than a baseball. Yes, and we can't use a basketball net because they just fall right through. <laughs> which I guess a basketball does too. Or then it would nobody would score. <laughs> it would just get stuck in the net. That's the best kind of basketball. Just boop, and it just stops. And they're like, game's like, over. Aw, damn it. <laughs> Gotta crawl up there and get it. Well, sadly, an orb-caused stampede was the least of the issues for Terry's prized herd. Throughout the years, cattle will go missing only to be returned with broken legs or with all of their blood drained. The cuts made on the cows led investigators in Hunt for the Skinwalker to conclude that the instrument used was a sharp scalpel or even a laser. Natural predators rip ears, skin, tongues, and other body parts, leaving tattered edges. On Skinwalker Ranch, however, cows were found with clean surgical cuts that could not be made by another animal. Author of the book, Dr. Colm Kelleher, Determine the mutilations were done with a machine-like precision. All of... Uh, There's a lot of cattle mutilation. Ugh, there was entire... So some, I listened to the audiobook, um, and I'll just rewind it and listen to other parts, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. I'll rewind to that chapter. And as I was closing my eyes, it was a lot of cattle mutilation. I had to shoot up in bed and change it to... I just put on, uh, I put on more David Sedaris, which is what yeah, I always listen always. to when I sleep. Um, but it, this was one of the big things that led them to really... Dr. Kelleher and the co-author, George Knapp, this whole book is just, we have definitive proof. <laughs> and then when people go, can we see those videos? They're like, they're in boxes. They're, they're like, you cannot, get to. but there is proof. <laughs> they are very can hard to get to. Can we see it so we believe? No, you just have to trust us. Uh, there's a lot of that. Then they came out with a documentary later that we, they showed a lot of video footage of boxes of videotapes, but not what was a lot of was on the videotapes. Uh, so they were like, here's the footage here. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I rented this on Apple TV. I'm ready to go, baby. And then it was like, that was a lot of videos of videotapes. Not- you have to use your imagination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a uh, History Channel show now. Oh, man. Whoo. Have you favorite. watched it? Uh, it's a lot. So as we know, we've talked about the History Channel they, a couple years ago, just said, fuck it, history's a lie, we're going to focus on aliens, <laughs> cryptids, <laughs> monsters of the sea. So, of course, this uh, is a show on the History Channel, and it opens, and, like, two minutes in, they're showing a cow. And I was yeah, like, there's, we I need a you. trigger warning on this thing. The documentary is a lot of photos of that, too, yeah. Yeah, they're like, this morning it was alive, and now it's dead. I'm like... That's how it happens for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> One day you wake up and that's it. And that's the last you time just, you're waking up. Yeah, and that's you're it. You're like, God, I fucking hope I never hear this alarm again. <laughs> well, <laughs> be careful what you wish for. It's dark. <laughs> also, just, I was laughing really hard because you said Monsters of the Sea, and it just sounded great, and I would watch that show. I think it is a show. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> River Monsters. Oh, that's the But rivers. that's about like real things. Yeah. They're about like fish that look scary. They gotta be like, and these are the ones that get out and walk on two legs. Ella Ella asks me all the time, what's your favorite scary fish? And I'm like, <laughs> it's I, so specific. It's so I specific. I think there's only, every time I'm like, piranha, because that's the only one I know of. Yeah, I think but, so. And she's like, what is a, have you ever swam with one? I was like, I have not, sweet girl. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday. <laughs> 
I, I do not want to get into a place where a bunch of piranhas are around. That was the thing as a kid that I was always so afraid of. And yeah. my mom was like, they're never anywhere. Just like quicksand. Yeah. You're oh, always yeah. worried about falling in quicksand, getting skinned alive by a piranha, mm-hmm. uh, a piano falling on you from like oh, yeah. somebody, like a high rise like a cartoon or something. character was yeah. hoisting it. Just falling in a pothole. There was a sinkhole in our neighborhood recently, by the way. No, there wasn't. There was. I meant to send it to you, and then I didn't want to upset you, so I didn't. <laughs> so I told it. you in front of 200 people. They fixed it. Did a ho- Was it a house on no, it? No, no, it was on the road, so it was like, I think a car stopped before they sunk into the sink. Did it sink as they were driving? Like they were driving and it just bloop? Well, yeah, it was just on a road. It was a two-lane road, and part of it, there was no road. It was just a dearth of road, which is a sinkhole, essentially. Wow. All right. I didn't see. It popped out of my mouth due to impulsivity, and now you're going to think about sinkholes when we get home. Yeah. No, I'll be thinking about it, like... My brain, like, compartmentalizes stuff. So, yes, I'm, like, present and reading this, but over here it's like, sinkhole, you're going to die in a sinkhole. Your kids are at home with your grandma. They're probably going to die in a sinkhole. Sinkhole, sinkhole, Yeah. So. You're like, are you saying sinko? Soon the Shermans lost over a dozen head of expensive cattle to surgical-style mutilation and broken bones, putting the family on the brink of financial ruin. Before moving to the ranch, Terry never lost more than 1% of his entire herd in any given year. To protect his four most valuable bulls that had been spared, Terry kept them in a corral together. That's like do putting that. the president and the vice president on the same plane. <laughs> Don't you do that. You just can't do that. you got to hide one on other, yeah. around other less expensive cattle yeah, and then you hide them blend in various them in. places. You make a mark only you know yes. and that the extraterrestrials can't guess. You put them like on four opposite ends of the ranch so it's like really hard if you want to get all of them. Or paint numbers on the side like dollar amounts on but you oh, know that you it's like them. monopoly. Yeah. Yeah, you rank them. But you write you, you fake rank them. Yes. You write like four on the on number one. So mm-hmm. they're like, we don't want the fourth one. So then you like spare the first one. Meanwhile, the extraterrestrials can read their thoughts and are like, Yeah, and they're like, You singles, idiots. Singles. <laughs> you did you not learn with the locks? Like, y'all are <laughs> idiots. Well, terrified of losing another animal, Terry was devastated when one afternoon he went to their pen and discovered all four burls were missing. Well, that is not a shock to anybody no, but Terry. we knew that was going to happen. Luckily, they were found alive, inexplicably inside of a giant trailer with the latch locked behind them. This is why they did the latches. Okay. (laughs) They thought there was something with the latches there. He's like, look, honey, the latch. (laughs) Vindicated. The bulls were standing in a hypnotic spell. After Terry screamed for Gwen to come see, the cattle seemed to wake up and stampeded out of the trailer, destroying it on their way out. Whoops. Investigators that had taken an interest in the ranch after a 1995 interview Terry gave responded and measured the metal bars of the corral. They found the bars closest to the trailer were magnetized. That means apparently extraterrestrials were there. The scientists that know more than me were like, if there's magnets, then you know. And I was like, fuck, every refrigerator has been compromised. (laughs) I was like, what are we going to do? Oh, no. Like, He's been here. Go to your dorm room, like, I'm going to, it's a magnetic calendar. No, they've got you. None of your credit cards work. No. Just everything's, yeah. Everything in your house, just, just <laughs> straight to it. That's what you should do. You put magnets in your bulls, and then, <laughs> like, wherever they are, any of oh, your no. herd, they just slide, they, and then you get a giant magnet on the farm, 
And so then they're always just, <laughs> no matter where they go. The way, the place you get the giant magnet is the same place for the rope that you hoist a piano up that everyone's afraid <laughs> yeah. of falling on them. It's and the, the Looney Tunes yes, store. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> the investigators seemed to think that this indicated the presence of an outside force. The bars on the other side of the corral weren't magnetized, and none of the bars were naturally magnetized. In fact, the investigators would often find that things had strong magnetic fields after encounters. In another incident, when Gwen felt like she had had an encounter, investigators tested her, and she had a magnetic field around her, which subsided later in the day. I'm not trying to be magnetized. <laughs> That's tough. Being magnetized? Stuff's going to stick to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. If I, you're the magnet. Yeah. Then anything, yeah, I mean, this would all be like Shoot. on your tits. Yeah, you couldn't do anything. We may be overestimating what is magnetic in the world. <laughs> like, is this not magnetic? This laptop would fly off the table. And I'm like, yeah, my this would hit me in the face. I don't know that that's how. No, I don't think the phone has a magnet. I think phones are, well, that's, it, it's magnet on the back. Because I have a thing in my car and it sticks to it. Yes, I have Michael Scott on the back of my phone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's some sort of magnet in here because I think that's how it charges. I gotta stay away from science. I'm sorry. Yeah, we've already we talked Stop. about this last night. The Every ergon, day. ergon Everything. thing. I don't know how many planets. Something there last are. night you you oh, were yeah. like I don't remember what it was now. I never do. Anything that's remotely I was like, cause magnets mean extraterrestrials and Christy was like, How though? And I was like, I there's he I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. It's one of those things that like you don't know enough to be able to argue it, but you also like don't know enough to understand it. Not you, like no, but everybody. One. Well, I this is why I love our friendship and being with you because I will read us something I'm like can you believe this thing and she's like I have like 30 questions <laughs> about the logistics how does that work who came up with it why'd they say that and I'm like I should have thought of all this first <laughs> but it's great it's very helpful well it's our natural states you yes. are very like quick to believe and, and I'm like very cynical and have to have a lot of proof so between the two of us right in the middle we balance it out yeah, yeah. One of the eeriest and most intriguing things the Shermans repeatedly saw was a shape in the night sky that appeared to be a portal to another dimension. In the hunt for the skinwalker, Kelleher writes that it appeared to the Shermans as a doorway, a bright light emanating from it in the dark of night. According to Deseret News, the family even videotaped two of the doorway sightings, although the footage has never been made available to the public. <laughs> Why would you film that then? What is the point? Uh, he's like, well, I taped over with the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Terry. I, I was, gave you a chance after the locks. This is it. He's like, have you seen John Elway throw a pass? She's uh, like, have you seen a portal to another dimension? We could, we could have answered so many questions. She's like, I'm going to go outside. And I'm going to have that portal open back up. And I'm going to go into another world where my husband doesn't put locks on everything. It doesn't film <laughs> over our proof. Uh, that would be crazy. They said that like sitting outside, it would just be like the sky was dark and then it would kind of like start to open up and that they said on the other side, they initially thought there was a glowing light, but on the other side, it would be as if you were looking into daylight in another place, like a window into another window timeline. Into another universe? Yes, another universe. That's a poem we will write after the show. <laughs> a window to another universe. It sounds lovely. Wish we had. Wish we could see it. <laughs> Would be nice if there was footage. Mm -hmm. The Shermans were not in the UFO business or interested in fortune and fame. They came forward only after experiencing repeated significant events. Speaking to the Desert News, Terry conceded. For a long time, we wondered what we were seeing. If it was something to do with a top secret project, I don't really know what to think about it. 
And none of us can, nobody else knows because we've, uh... I've shot the footage and left the lens cap we, on, so... Yeah. But you can hear me screaming and describing it, so take that with you. <laughs> I taped, uh, what was, what, what were mad shows were going on? Yeah, I, I was, was like, mad about you. I taped like, the mad about you finale over it, and I'll tell you what. Helen well, Hunt's a looker. Yeah. I don't want to go to another dimension if Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser right. ain't there. <laughs> I love like that. It's only once in a lifetime, <laughs> once in a universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they're not interested in fortune and fame, so they didn't care about releasing any of their footage. That's true. And they, they, that's but why they, they did had, a ton of interviews. They had a secret fake name, which was very confusing to me. And I'm like, I'm just going to say your real name. It was like 20 years ago. So, yeah. I mean, I think everyone knows who they oh, are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're not putting Spoiler. anybody up. We're not doxing the Shermans. <laughs> just 18 months after buying the ranch, the Shermans appeared to have had enough and sold the place to billionaire real estate developer and UFO enthusiast Robert Bigelow for $200,000 in 1996. Journalist George Knapp later told documentarians that even after the Shermans moved out, whatever phenomenon existed on the ranch continued to bother them for years after they left. After they left the property, it followed them. Perhaps this is why Terry decided to still help out as a ranch hand. He's like, they'll chase me back to the ranch and I can leave it there. (laughs) He's like, well, if they're going to follow me home, I might as well get paid. (laughs) I might as well be here to deal with them. Uh, this this Bigelow fella, and I mean, to be a he's also like a, a neuroscience or neurophysicist, billionaire real estate developer, UFO enthusiast. Yes, and obsessed with now finding out what happens when you die, and he also thinks that it's related somehow to friendly visitors from outer space. This is just proof you can have beliefs and still be a billionaire. <laughs> and um, also, that's a, I mean, it's like uh, the movie Big, right? When you're a child and you grow up and then you're like, I'm going to put a trampoline in my living room. He's like, I have a billion dollars. Like, I'm going to buy a space ranch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do whatever I want. My parents told me I'd never amount to anything. Look at me now. <laughs> Bigelow worked with a biochemist named Dr. Kelleher and George Knapp to try and capture paranormal activity on the land. The results of their findings were published in a book titled Hunt for the Skinwalker, Science Confronts the Unexplained at a Remote Ranch in Utah. That is too long. It's a real long title. It's real long. (laughs) Published in 2005 and covered in a 2018 documentary of the same name. Bigelow received extensive funding for his research from his friend Nevada Senator Harry Reid, who secured at least $22 million of government money... For the alien investigation via the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. It's real good to have a friend who's a senator. Yeah, and one that has $22 million just lying around. Listen, you can just dole out to the UFOs. Oh, yeah. I'm all for, I'm all for studying co- what's coming from space because if any Independence Day has taught us anything, you've got to be ready to just yeah. open up that hatch and just punch them in the face. And we won't know how to open the hatch if we don't do research. But let's just be more thoughtful in the due diligence, and maybe it's not the friend of the senator that automatically gets all the funding. Mm-hmm. No? Maybe? We also talked about this program in our Area 51, was no, it? No, it was uh, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. It was when the Tic Tacs, the yes. Attack of the Tic Tacs were around. Attack of the Tic Tacs. Attack of the Tic Tacs. Did you ever see the movie Attack of the Killer Clowns? No, it was too scary. Why'd you watch that? 
I was a child. I don't know. Did you, I thought you were so afraid. Of, is that what did it to you? Probably. My dad showed it to oh, me. No. Also, um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, man. God, I'm seeing a pattern now. This is You're definitely <laughs> rooted in childhood. Why I have issues with clowns. And Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Does anybody ever see Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? You watched a lot Cult of, classic. A lot it was of loose. It was loose People in the Wallace Hostels. Mars Attacks. <laughs> That was later. That wasn't was like it? yeah, mid nineties. Yeah, yeah. But then I, I, I was already ruined. <laughs> it already showed me too much. Sinisterhood will be right back. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I use BetterHelp, and that's how I take care of my daily stresses to talk about what's going on with my lovely therapist, who just gives me the best life advice and listens to me uh, with open ears and I like it because it's video chat so also open eyes I get stressed out to think about being on the phone with someone <laughs> also with as busy as we are it's kind of hard to find a time to like take a big chunk out of your day to drive somewhere and go to an office and stuff and this way you can just get cut to the chase you get right to the business and shorten that time to uh have other things to do like podcast when- stuff like podcasts. And when we're busy, she sends me very nice, thoughtful, um, upbeat messages. That's awesome. So, that's great. Well, the best way to think about therapy is through a bunch of analogies. We get oil changes for our car to prevent bigger issues down the road. We see the doctor and go to the gym to take care of our bodies and prevent injury and disease. We do chores regularly, some of us, to avoid a messy house. Going to therapy is like all of the above. It's routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. Going to therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind healthy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Or you can see them on camera like I like to. (laughs) It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Sinisterhood listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Sinister. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Sinister. Do you want to try your hand at solving a murder? Check out the new Cold Case series of murder mystery games by Think Fun for a peek behind the crime scene tape where you investigate unsolved cases. In Cold Case, a story to die for, solve the murder of an investigative reporter found dead in the woods while collecting evidence of a political scandal. And in Cold Case, a pinch of murder, solve the murder of an elderly man who dies baking a cake for the church fair. Not only do these games make for a sinisterly fun game night, but you'll feel like a real detective as you evaluate crime scene photos, witness statements, coroner's reports, and more. Think you can solve these decades-old murder mysteries? Order yours on Amazon and use promo code 30COLDCASE for 30% off. Now through November 1st, just in time for Halloween. I dare you. Christy, you know yeah. we like to dress alike. We all the time. Our, <laughs> Literally, you had, to, had to, you had to tell me I'm wearing this tomorrow on the plane, just so I don't wear it. We have to do it all the time. Head to toe, we dress alike, but one thing we can both wear at the same time, and we still look cute, are our Sarah Flint shoes. Definitely, we love. We both love our Sarah Flint shoes, and we can wear them on stage. We wear them to go on date nights. We wear them. I mean, sometimes if I'm running errands and I want people to think that I am cute and classy, instead of like pulling on my stinky sneakers, I pull on, on my on. sexy. They go with sexy flats, dresses, jeans, leggings. They're pretty much universal. They go with everything. And it's probably because these shoes are designed by a woman and actually made for women to walk in. 
it should not have taken this long for someone mm, to realize no. that a pair of designer shoes that are going to last for years should also be comfortable enough to wear and can look as great as any designer shoe. That's why I'm in love with my Sarah Flint shoes. Sarah Flint is a woman designing shoes for women, which is why her timeless footwear offers style without sacrifice. You get looks, quality, and of course, what is most important to all of us, comfort. And unlike other brands, when Sarah Flint says made in Italy, they mean exactly that. Every part of their shoes is 100% handcrafted in Italy by skilled artisans at family-owned factories that have been around for generations. That means not only a slow and careful production process, but also a more sustainable one. In Sarah Flint shoes, you see smart details like extra padding, a wider toe box, or insole shape to support your foot's natural arch. They don't just say they're comfortable. Their shoes actually walk the walk. And did we mention how chic they are? Uh, We also like to dress like celebrities in addition (laughs) to dressing like each other. So (laughs) the fact that Lady Gaga, Serena Williams, Carly Kloss have all been seen stepping out in these shoes, uh, that makes us feel real high class. I always say anything Amal Clooney does, I will also do. And she is a fan of these shoes Mm -hmm. as well. And the best part, Sarah Flint shoes cost hundreds less than other designer brands. They're priced direct to consumer with no hidden middleman, no markups. You pay for quality and nothing else. Step into quality, design, and comfort in a pair of Sarah Flint shoes. As a special welcome offer for Sinister Head listeners, you get $50 off your first Sarah Flint purchase when you go to sarahflint.com slash creepy. That's sarahflint.com slash creepy for $50 off. One more time, sarahflint.com slash creepy. Bigelow, who told 60 Minutes that he was absolutely convinced that aliens are real and have visited Earth, seemed to spare no expense as he began investigations on the ranch. He created the National Institute of Discovery Science, a research institute, to conduct experiments and surveillance on the property. He installed cattle pens with cameras nearby, attempting to use cattle as living bait for the unknown visitors. Rude. Mm-mm. Don't do that. <laughs> it was number four, <laughs> but he messed it up, and it was really the number one. He's like, nobody no, understood the numbering system. <laughs> Can't crack the code. Arguably one of the more terrifying incidents on the ranch occurred on a warm, clear night in August of 1997 when the investigators were moving from one area of the ranch to the other. As they packed up their equipment, they saw in their binoculars a light moving several yards away. The light got bigger and brighter and grew to over a foot wide. It was glowing, growing, and floating above the ground. The investigators soon realized what initially looked like an orb was actually a tunnel. Not only that, some type of creature was also in the tunnel, and it was coming out. It was a huge black humanoid form with a head, but no neck and no face, about 400 pounds and eight feet tall, (laughs) that become climbing out by grabbing the outside edges of the tunnel. Once the beast made it out, it ran off into the darkness, and the portal closed behind it. As the men got closer to the now-disappeared tunnel, they smelled a pungent, sulfur-laden odor. You're in another dimension. You have to fart. <laughs> the worst fart. And they're like, you can only use the portal three times in your life. And you're like, now's the time. <laughs> you just pull through the portal, rip ass, run off into the night. <laughs> and everyone's like, we saw a creature from beyond. And the stench of it <laughs> nearly threw us to the ground. And the creature's like, I wish you no harm, but I am so sorry. I- yeah. We, it's better today, but we, we had oh, to gosh. confess. 
We I had to Google uh, last night or the other night when we were up in Estes Park. I had to Google, do mountains make you fart? <laughs> it they do. It turns they out do. they do. I have coined the phrase. Feel free to use it. Please. Altitudes. Altitudes. <laughs> TM. Apparently, there's something about the altitude. We were dying. It was like on the ghost tour. I was like, if we don't get out of this fucking tunnel, <laughs> she's like, everyone be silent and see if you hear the ghost. And I was, I was like, like, they're gonna hear something. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I would have loved right. a portal to another dimension that I could just like quickly <laughs> have backed up into very quickly and then it slammed shut or just crawled right out. You just go, you can like Winnie the Pooh where you just go the booty through the, the <laughs> portal and then just, and then you jump back out and it closes behind you. <laughs> Somehow, you know, like you, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Oh, no. You know when you, this is going to be one of those anecdotes where you tell of like, you know when you do this and everyone's like, no, that's it's you. Just crickets. You know when. No you, matter what she says, everyone just be silent, okay? <laughs> you know when you work in an office and there's multiple conference rooms on your floor and you and your friendly coworkers designate a farting conference room where you go in and pretend that you're on the phone, but that's where you go to fart? <laughs> no one's, she's in a bathroom. No, a conference room. <laughs> So that's a, a no. Full conference that's room? A no. Yeah, because it's so big, it swallows the odor. <laughs> it's a genius plan. Now all y'all going back to the office, you're going to be like, okay, guys, we got to figure out which one's going to be What if you're the in FC. there pretending to be on the phone and they're like, we have an emergency meeting? <laughs> and then you'd be like, someone needs to call building maintenance. It smells like straight up farts in here. <laughs> I think there's, there's like been a, a sewer issue. leak. Everyone evacuate. And you're like, oh, see? Yeah, that's when you need another dimension. You can just crawl right through. That's right. Would have been better than the, the whole farting conference room. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a bathroom stall that you designate. Oh, yeah. Because I remember in college, people would designate like a stall in the dorm bathrooms to only... Dump and stall? Dump and stall. Yeah, you got yeah. to. And you if to. you ever, this was only in the guy's dorm. And if so, if you were over at the guy's dorm and you had to go to the bathroom, it was like the grossest thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I will shit on myself before <laughs> I, which we all know yeah, I can do. I'm capable of doing. You, um, thank you. <laughs> you predicted. <laughs> thank you for, for like applauding that, that with you gusto. <laughs> yeah, she did shit You brain. did shit yourself. That's right. Good for you. <laughs> it's like you predicted your own future back then. I did. Yeah, Babe, there was you a are lot a of foreshadowing. <laughs> Although some of Bigelow's extensive research on the property was discussed in the book and documentary, the full results of his findings have never been released to the public and have been otherwise kept confidential. Additionally, the dozens of professionals he hired to conduct the experiments have now refused to return to the ranch or be identified publicly, according to the show The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. George Knapp, who co-authored the book, confirmed, There's a lot more to tell. There's so many things that have happened on the property since the book came out that has not come out publicly. When pressed by a documentarian to explain further, Knapp said, I cannot explain at this point. There's so much research. There's so many things you that have happened. Your lid. You won't believe what has this is. This is why there's a bunch of blue balls floating around the sky. Because they are just teasing everybody, and no one can like get to the good stuff. This has been one giant cock tease. Is what Bigelow is. Real estate billionaire. 
UFO enthusiast cock tease. <laughs> that <laughs> is what up. should be on the outside of whatever building he owns. I was going to say, put it on his business card. Yes. He's he like, I don't, I don't win any free lunches. <laughs> <laughs> no, put it in the fishbowl. You'll win a free lunch. We promise. <laughs> like, okay, billionaire, real estate developer, cock tease. Not today. <laughs> Not in my olive garden. <laughs> But you said we were family here. No, no. not cop teases. <laughs> Give the people what they we want. We kicked them out. You, did you bring your uh, funeral potatoes <laughs> or your green jello? Go back to your family with that. <laughs> is that what y'all's Olive Gardens have here? <laughs> it's just, is, it, is that what the Olive Gardens have here? Because they're family. It's just green jello and, and potatoes. <laughs> it's true. Funeral it's potatoes? A, instead of the pasta pass, it's a potato pass. Oh. And then you're like, these are for funeral potatoes. And they're like, we know. Use it wisely. <laughs> Why would you go to all of this trouble if you don't want to release it? I don't. I. Uh, because uh, it's fake? Well, I don't want to talk shit about billionaires. Uh, because I feel because like they're targeted. Because we are some. So, you know. <laughs> Uh, I, I would have a house like Tom Hanks and Big if I was a billionaire. There would be a trampoline in my living room. Like, I already, 100%. I have like, you know, I, I live a reasonable lifestyle and I already tried to buy a trampoline. You had to, had talk, to talk me off that one. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it would be awesome. She's like, homeowner's insurance, you're going to hurt yourself. Kids from the neighborhood are going to crawl over. I was like, I was, you are right. well, I know you. You're very impulsive. I was like, you're going to be over it in like a week. Yeah. I won't and then even you want got it. this big ass trampoline you got to deal with. Yeah. It's like, they're going to deliver it in one week. I'm like, I'm not going to want a trampoline. No. <laughs> You'll forget you've ordered it. But I want one mm-hmm. today. But the, I wonder if he doesn't want us to know about life in other universes. Oh. He wants to know about life in well, other that's universes. Selfish. It, well, yeah, he's cocktease. What do you think? He's not a, he's not a gentle, mm. uh, generous lover. <laughs> he wants I'm it sure. all for himself. And so I think I, because I am a believer, um, I think he has some stuff and he's holding on to it. Because he wants to use it. His new scheme, it's one of those where when you have that much money, like, it's not a real big leap to try to, to turn into like a super villain, like a Batman villain. And mm. so he's like, has all this info. And then he's like, and then I'm going to explore life after death. And then I'm going to have a ray gun that I shoot people and then they come back to life. You know, something like that where it's like, this is like, he's taking he the pulls steps it down. to get there. Yes, he yeah. pulls it down and like get info from Skinwalker ranch was one on a list of like 10 <laughs> steps to like world domination. Yeah. We're seeing his origin story. Correct. Yes, this is a villain's origin mm-hmm. story. He's yeah, he's got a mustache. He's like, Whoa. yeah, he's ready for it. Actually, he does have a yes, mustache. Yes, he does. He looks like he him. does. Yeah. In 2016, Bigelow appeared to lose interest in the ranch. I feel that. Yeah. See, this is why you don't get a trampoline. This is why you don't buy an alien ranch. Eventually, you're like, I'm over it, and now you have to sell your ranch. Well, he sold the ranch to the. A shell company, Adamantium Holdings. After the sale, roads leading to the ranch were blocked off, and unprecedented security measures were installed to secure the premises. Finally, in 2020, Brandon Fugel, a man described by Vice as a Utah-based real estate mogul and tech investor, came forward and identified himself as the ranch's owner. Fugel made his fortune co-founding a real estate firm that was eventually acquired. 
He then used those riches to buy Skinwalker Ranch because that's what you do when you're a billionaire. <laughs> you just save up all your money and then you buy an alien yeah. ranch. And you're like, I want to just... Well, and that's the thing, too. This guy looks like he owns Alien Ranch, though. Oh, for sure. Well, and it's funny because the 2018 documentary, the one that's based on the hunt for Skinwalker Ranch, I feel like when I explain or talk about all like the documentaries, TV shows, books, it sounds like someone talking about Star Wars. Of like, this one came out, but really, it was before that. And it's based on this. But you have to watch them in this order. And then you, and then yeah. By the time, then I have one my own diagram of my world domination. But in the documentary, it was made in 2018, so it was before he revealed his identity to the world. And so his, it looks like, uh, you know, his face is blurred out. They shoot him, I think, only from the chest down. They have his voice like very dramatically. Mm-hmm. But now he sick burn. You're like nobody will recognize you from the neck down. <laughs> We don't have to blur anything, Fugle. <laughs> they do show his hands, and he has a wedding ring. I'm like, okay, you're married. You're about this height. You're about. I've been web sleuthing it. I'm trying to. But then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm living in the past. This was 2018. He's on the television <laughs> He's already show. already out now. The yep. Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Yep. They, they like dial him in on this big screen TV because he's in Salt Lake City doing his investor guy stuff, I suppose, while he lets them have fun on their ranch. And he's like, what's the latest, guys? <laughs> you know, he feels like intense. Zordon up there. He's yes. like, Rangers. Also, uh, <laughs> Post Malone visited the ranch yeah. in February. <laughs> and there's all these pictures and Post Malone's like, and <laughs> Fugle's like, and I'm like, are you trying to do an alien hand? Or is this a peace sign that you didn't understand how peace signs work? It was like, he like was trying to be so hip with his new BFF, Post Malone. And it's like, dude. He's like, Post Malone sings rap songs. <laughs> and is I love cool. rap songs. <laughs> I Googled the peace single. And I wanted him and to know I'm And this is how you peace. do it. <laughs> But maybe it was like a little, like like a little sticky fingers, like maybe alien. maybe like extraterrestrial walking, yeah, legs. like a little alien, like because don't they usually have like three fingers? Uh, well, there's in, uh, reports vary uh, according to that book. <laughs> My favorite is one of them said, "I saw the visitors from another planet through windows on the ship, and they were all wearing overalls." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, they said they were like they four feet tall, wearing white overalls. I'm like. You just watched Willy Wonka. I think that's what it is. Also, this is a very Willy Wonka move because he buys the ranch. Nobody ever goes in. Nobody ever comes out. He, they don't know who he is. And then when we finally... We a contest yes. where you got to find the golden ticket in the jello mold. Right. And then you get into the ranch. Right. I will and move to Utah if that becomes, mark my word, <laughs> if this becomes a contest, I'll move to Salt Lake City. And then Brandon Fugel does a front flip and stands up and jumps. <laughs> He's like, welcome. <laughs> Fugel went from anonymity to notoriety when he offered up the ranch to the History Channel to shoot its series, The Secret, the Secret of Skin, The Secret. Normally, that would be uh, edited out. <laughs> But not today. I'll say this. If it's called the sequence of Skimbonka, sounds better <laughs> anyway. And that's how I used to talk as a kid. So, so yeah, it sounds like a four-year-old trying to figure out their words. The sequence of Skimwalker Ranch. <laughs> oh, my gosh. A kid's book about By UFOs? Ella Wallace Brown. <laughs> she will write this. Man. Yeah. She's. <laughs> she's I, I just keep waiting for the call from her teacher. Ella's been talking about cryptids a lot, <laughs> and none of the other kids understand what she's talking about. <laughs> they all said their favorite animals, and she said Mothman. <laughs> yeah. So, and then when someone said Mothman wasn't real, she had a whole speech. Yeah. 
All the kids were talking about what Santa's going to bring, and Ella stood up and told everyone the history of Krampus. And now we'd like you to come in for a meeting. That that will happen. One, yes. Yeah, we're we, we we're asking for it. We're we're teaming her up for all this for sure. For being the coolest kid in school, yeah, honestly. I think so. Filming began in 2019, and the first episode aired in March of 2020. The show follows highly credentialed aerospace engineer Travis Taylor, PhD, who calls himself experimentalist. He was hired by Brain and Fugel to get to the bottom of what is causing the anomalies on the ranch. Dr. Taylor has worked for the Department of Defense and NASA for nearly two decades and holds master's degrees in physics, aerospace engineering, and astronomy, and doctorate degrees in optical science and engineering. In addition, the team has extensive security on the ranch, headed up by a man they call Dragon. Yeah, you know about Dragon. So you got Dr. Taylor who has like a thousand degrees, and then you got Dragon (laughs) who's got two guns. Yeah. And they're like, so what? Tell us about the ranch. He's like, I walk around with my assault rifle just in case I see something. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you do dragon? Hell yeah. <laughs> you do that. We've got Dr. Taylor and Dragon versus Koosh and Lube. <laughs> Who's going to win? Battle of the Titans. Battle of the Titans. Dragon does not look like someone you would call Dragon. No, no. He, he looks, looks like s- that's what he wants his D&D friends to call yes. him. And then... He got this job heading up security on this alien ranch. If the History Channel comes to you and they go, Brandon, we want you to be on a show. Uh, do you, you, know, you go by anything else? Do you, know, you have a nickname? He's like, now's my chance. <laughs> Everyone calls me Dragon. And he's like, they will after the show. <laughs> you got to just seize the moment. Yeah, you got to George Kissing. You got to yes, T-bone exactly. it. You T-bone. got to T-bone it. Everybody calls me T-bone. It's like, do they? It's like, <laughs> they do now. They do now. Dragon does. <laughs> Dr. Taylor and his crew use multiple types of cameras across the property, including thermal imaging and night vision, as well as weather recorders that track temperature, precipitation, and humidity. The most impressive of all is their Satan platform, which stands for Sentinel Assignment Telemetry and Notification System. Satan measures vibrations in the ground and records sounds that cannot be heard by human ears. They're like... Get Satan on it. <laughs> like, no, you did. But like, they're like, but really, Satan does measure vibrations in the ground and record sounds that cannot be heard by human ears. <laughs> like, Satan is making those vibrations under the ground. He was so proud of this in the show, too. He's like, I call it Satan. And Dragon's like, in the background. Oh, yeah. It's Hell yeah. Also, you got to have thermal imaging because when those portals open up and people are blowing ass through those portals, that's, <laughs> how, you them. Yeah. that's how you capture it. Yeah, you capture it. It's like the <laughs> elevator bit when they, all those YouTube videos you told me about. It shows people like walking down the hall at work that's and right. it's like, <laughs> so it's like you can't hide from thermal imaging. Love, also, love, if love you could it. find your bulls that way. Right. If you don't want to use your giant magnet, just get the thermal imaging. <laughs> I just love infrared fart videos on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Who? D- I mean, you and hundreds of thousands oh, of so other many. people. Yeah, so if many. not millions. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> when the crew spotted two UFOs that appeared then disappeared within a 10-minute period on the show, Dr. Taylor told his crew, Wouldn't an airplane or we'd still be seeing it. <laughs> he does talk like this. He's this from is Alabama. Not, he's, he's from a, Alabama. University of Alabama, Huntsville. 
I've got you can be a four. hick and still be educated, and I'm here to prove that to everybody. I know all about science. Uh, you know, I got 50 degrees. And, and I'm uh, using it on a History Channel show right. about aliens. <laughs> the, Q, the crew utilizes an extensive internal command center that they call the Inner Sanctum. From which they monitor the entire ranch, including commercial and private aircraft in the area. On the occasions they spotted UFOs, the team recorded no aircraft in the area at that time. Dr. Taylor said when he came and he was like, I'm here just to investigate. I'm not here to, you know, I'm, I'm not a believer. And then within maybe like a half an episode, he's like, that was it. We synced it. <laughs> we experienced it. We, we got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The most disturbing finding the team has made on the ranch, aside from the UFOs, is the massive amount of radiation in and around the area. Measurements show high-energy areas that Dr. Taylor calls strong transient microwave fields. (laughs) These are waves of energy moving in various directions with no rhyme or reason that don't exist naturally in nature. This could be explained by the above-ground nuclear testing that was previously conducted just 31 miles south of the ranch at a Nevada test site. Nuclear fallout and radioactive materials and dust have flown right into the ranch since the 1950s. Oh, no. <laughs> They're like, Why are all our cows t- dying? They weren't dead this morning. Well, <laughs> the wind gusts. Ah, uh, maybe they're eating the grass. It <laughs> Sucked up all this radioactive energy. The grass is very green around here. (laughs) Very green. Like an unnatural, like a green you don't find in nature. Greener, it's as green as your grandma's (laughs) jello. Yep. Yep. Yes. Oh, man. Sinisterhood will be right back. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you've probably heard us talk about our Helix mattresses, which we both love so much. Oh, my gosh. Literally, I best night's sleep I've ever had. This is why we're so excited to tell you that Helix has left the bedroom and has also started making sofas. They just launched a new company called Allform, and they are already making the best sofas in the game. So what makes an all-form sofa really cool? For starters, it's the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. You can pick your fabric, which, by the way, is spill, stain, and scratch resistant, which is a must in this household. You can pick the sofa color and the color of the legs, the size, and the shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your home. They've got armchairs and love seats all the way up to an eight-seat sectional, so there's something for everyone. You can always start small and then buy more seats later on. Your all-form sofa can grow and change with you when you move. That was key for me because I have a lot of anxiety when it comes to, <laughs> to picking things out, as we all know. So to know that, oh, I can get this size, and then later, if I want to add on, I can, so I'm not just beholden to one thing. So... It made the the ordering process even easier for me. All-form sofas are also delivered directly to your home with fast, free shipping. Right now, if you buy a sofa from a traditional retailer, it could take months to arrive, and you would need someone to come and assemble it in your home. All-form takes a few weeks to arrive in the mail, and you can assemble it yourself in a few minutes with no tools needed. I have an all-form sofa that I picked out. It's teal with natural legs, and I... Paris, it came in the mail. Paris said, you can wait till tomorrow. He was busy at work, and I'll help you assemble it. 
And I said, nay, nay, I will assemble it myself today. <laughs> and I sent you a ton of pictures of me doing it along the way. And you saw I was able to screw things together, put them, flip them, sit on it. And now um, it is the perfect napping couch because I told you I have the L-shaped mm-hmm. sectional with a corner and then I have a chaise. So Paris will lay on one side with the chaise. I lay on the other side. And you said we slept like pigs, which is snout to snout. <laughs> but also it's accurate. Yes, I have light gray and I got the four seat with the chaise. And, but I can always add on if I want that corner because that was the big debate. Do I get the corner or not? We love it. The color looks really nice in our living room. It's very comfortable. And Ella just loves to stretch out on the chaise. She fell asleep on it the other night. And then Tommy and I still had room to sit on, sit on it. So it was great. And if getting a sofa without trying it in stores sound a little risky, you don't need to worry. You get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months. And if you don't love it, Allform will pick it up for free and give you a full refund. Allform wants to do their part and offers exclusive discounts for teachers, students, military, and first responders. They also offer financing and flexible payment plans, so an amazing sofa is never far away. They even offer a forever warranty, which is literally forever. I'll also give them credit for their customer service because I was not following the directions properly and thought I was missing a piece. And they were so sweet. They said, absolutely, responded right away, said, send us pictures, and then showed me a picture that I was not missing anything. And in fact, had just, um, I had just miscounted the holes. That's you know, sometimes we us. don't know how many holes we have. <laughs> totally it happens to all of us. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the kind of person that reads the instructions. So that <laughs> they put very nice instructions, and I was like, I got this. So <laughs> just heed their instructions. They're mm-hmm. great. To find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com/creepy. And right now, Allform is offering twenty percent off all orders for our listeners at allform.com/creepy. By now, pretty much everybody has heard of CBD, and if there was ever a time to get started with CBD, it is now. What both scientists and those who use CBD regularly know is that it helps with daily stresses, but you have to use a quality product if you want quality results. Charlotte's Web hemp extracts are tested 20-plus times from seed to final product. Unlike many companies, Charlotte's Web has their own proprietary hemp genetics, so the end products are consistent, meaning you know what to expect from each bottle. And they're a mission-driven B Corp, which just means that they promise to help the planet and humanity and all that good stuff. I Y'all know. took several of my CBD gummies the other night after we recorded a uh, live stream for our <laughs> Patreon I'm so sorry. In which Heather read a very upsetting story from Reddit that um, had me up for for hours at night. But I'll tell you what, I was much more relaxed after I had taken (laughs) my lemon-lime CBD gummies. They came in clutch. I deeply regret upsetting you, but I'm glad to know that we can count on Charlotte's Web to Mm -hmm. even it out after I freak you out with a horrifying story on Patreon. (laughs) Go to charlottesweb.com to get started with the OG CBD brand who kicked off this whole CBD craze and use the code CREEPY at checkout to save 15% on your order. This code works on all CBD products besides bulk bundles. That's charlottesweb.com. Use code CREEPY to save 15% on your order today. You know the feeling when you stumble on a piece of clothing that's just so perfect for you? That you didn't even know you needed, but now you could never live without. That is how you feel when using the new Stitch Fix Freestyle, a shop built just for you. Stitch Fix Freestyle is your trusted destination where you can discover and instantly buy curated items based on your style, likes, and lifestyle. Whether you're looking for a brand you love or to try a new one, at Stitch Fix Freestyle you can shop over a thousand brands and styles personalized to your size and fit. 
With styles for workouts to workwear, for lounging around the house, or for a night out on the town, Stitch Fix Freestyle has clothes for any occasion. Plus, there's no subscription required, and they offer free shipping, returns, and exchanges. I just got a dress in the mail today that I ordered the other day on Stitch Fix Freestyle, which I'm probably going to wear to one of our upcoming live shows. I love that. You told me that you love Stitch Fix Freestyle. I've already used a subscription box and gotten some pieces. And when I was shopping on the Freestyle, it was like, you already have this really mm-hmm. cute camel-colored sweater. It would match these jeans or these tights or that. these pants. I loved it. It was amazing. So I have stuff in my cart, too, that I'm, I'm, I have to run them by you and then <laughs> Megan and some other fashion-forward people in my life. But with Stitch Fix, I already know that it's going to be approved by you guys because, obviously, they pick out the cutest stuff. Mm-hmm. You can get started today by filling out your style quiz at stitchfix.com slash creepy. That's stitchfix.com slash creepy to try Stitch Fix Freestyle. Stitchfix.com slash creepy. Both George Knapp and the team from the History Channel show have noted that digging on the land seems to irritate the unknown forces and cause them to retaliate. Indeed, according to Hunt for the Skinwalker, the sales contract between the Myers and the Shermans included a specific clause that forbade any digging on the land without the Myers' family's consent. The Shermans dismissed this clause as... A meaningless clause crafted by elderly eccentrics. Rude. But in reality, this may have been for good reason. A member of the History Channel crew ended up in the hospital with a large, unexplained goose egg on his head after a bout of digging on the property. After this incident, Brandon Fugel prohibited future digs. However, Doc Taylor found a hatch and decided to look down inside it. He would come to regret this as he suffered radiation burns on both his face and hands. <laughs> he goes in this hatch. Like and then Lost another, style. Another guy that... Did we learn nothing from Lost? <laughs> <laughs> Don't open the hatch. But the, another guy that has been on the ranch for years was like, I'm not going over there. I'm not going over there at better. all. And Doc Taylor's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it and see what's in there. And he goes down. He's like, it's a big hole in the ground. And then he closes it and he goes out. And the other guy goes, all right, I'm going to use this radioactive. It measures radioactive uh, energy fields. Again, me and science, not best friends. But he uses a thing that looks like uh, uh, it measured something. Anyway, it started making the <laughs> sound. And Doc Taylor's like, is it all right? And he was like, no, this is, that's a lot of radiation. You just got shot right onto you. <laughs> He's like, it'd be like if you went through one of the things at the airport like 500 times in a row. <laughs> Man, we've been through that three times in the past 72 hours. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I need to beep, 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 beep. Yeah. We need to test each other. <laughs> that's what they, after you walk through that, instead of like the thing that detects metal, Mm-mm. they should just... <laughs> Wave one that detects if you have radioactive energy on you. Then no. That was... Instead, Nobody they, laughed at that, so... <laughs> well, I was just saying that they get pretty handsy. If any part of my jean pants are at whatsoever... Jean pants? Okay. <laughs> jeans? You mean jeans? Yes, okay. If any part is at all scrunched, they're like, I need to touch your buttocks. And I'm like... What? They've never asked me to do that. <laughs> oh, no. Rude. You gotta get I'm going to bunch them all up tomorrow. <laughs> Just cram like, it all in your all, I'm going to turn them into, like, jean shorts. I'm going to bunch them all the way up. And if nobody says anything, I'm going to call somebody. <laughs> I'm going to call the head of TSA. I would like to make a complaint. And they're like, did someone touch you inappropriately? No, no they didn't, they didn't did touch nothing. me inappropriately. They told me, go on, which was dismissive <laughs> and hurtful. I felt dismissed. I felt very hurt. Skinwalker Ranch isn't only known for its monsters in the sky. 
In Hunt for the Skinwalker, the authors describe an incident in nearby Bottle Hollow Reservoir. You know what they call it that? People kept hucking bottles into this area and it got so full of bottles. That's sad. That's what they said in the book. Somebody that lives near Bottle Hollow is like, no, that's actually not correct. <laughs> or they're like, yes, it is. I live on a pile of bottles. <laughs> Well, a pair of swimmers, a man and a woman, went out to enjoy an evening dip amongst the bottles, I guess. (laughs) They're like, some of them haven't been opened yet. (laughs) We'll pour them all out, and then we can kind of swim through the water. (laughs) Suddenly, the woman began thrashing in the water and screaming that something got her. Yes, it's probably all the bottles. It's like a ball pit. A bottle pit. That's a great idea. Oh, the glass. Never mind. That's a bad idea. Oh, I was thinking plastic oh, okay. bottles. Yeah, plastic bottles. I figured this was probably... Oh, that Plastic bottles is safer. It's much safer. Although the... Uh, nah, I wouldn't get in that pit. You don't like that, that sound? That crunchy sound drives me... I can't. Oh, babies love that. No. Simon's I mean, all hooray. about that. <laughs> well, if Simon likes it, it's fine. It's great. So. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, the man began fighting to save her. Several witnesses on the beach reported seeing some serpent-like creature thrashing along with them. Though he fought, the man wasn't able to pull the woman to the surface until it was too late. Witnesses then reported seeing a blue light flying out of the water before disappearing over the nearby ridge toward the ranch. Another blue balls. The blue balls are back. Blue balls ruin the party every single time. Right? (laughs) Still others say the monsters they encountered were land creatures. On one late summer night, two investigators accompanied by two dogs investigated reports of lights in the area near the old homesteads. Out of the dark silence, 75 yards from the two men, a sphere made of bluish-white light hovered around 15 feet off the ground and moved slowly. Suddenly, the sphere disappeared. The men searched the area with a high-powered light, then returned to their post. One of the men, described as a distinguished academic, Hmm. then spotted something through his binoculars and cried out, Jesus! (laughs) They're like, he's back. (laughs) I mean, that is one, mine would be, fuck! I get it, it'd be the same. (laughs) Jesus is confusing because it's a name, and it's a person who's threatened to do just that. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, he's returned! I don't know if there was a threat of more promise. (laughs) I don't want to misquote the Lord. Yes, no. We are not here to do that. Well, he clarified. There's a huge black thing in the trees just in front of us. And it's moving north. It's big. So big it's blocking out the stars. His companion saw nothing. But attempted to take photos on his infrared film anyway. He's like, I'm going to catch me a fart. (laughs) (laughs) It's blocking out the stars. (laughs) The investigator kept his gaze fixed and narrated what he saw. It's still moving. Before exclaiming, It got me. (laughs) It's saying, We are watching you. Eventually, the being disappeared. The investigator told his companion, It took control of my mind. It told me it was watching us. LSD is a hell of a drug. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know... <laughs> I have Go ahead. to admit rationalize it. Go ahead. Well, I have to admit, if I was a another being, I don't know if it's a supernatural being or an inter- interdimensional being, that I had the power of 
infiltrating people's minds. I'm putting thoughts in their mind. I am doing nothing but tormenting them. Right? Like, uh, forever, you would be like, I see you in the bathroom. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> Just what I, you know, anything Everybody of like... hates you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those people are talking shit about you. Forever. You know how all your coworkers... They uh, told you that there's a fart in conference room. <laughs> it's a lie. There's cameras in there. You're the only one that's been you. doing it. It's just you. <laughs> New Mexico educator Doug Hickman warns in Hunt for the Skinwalker that skinwalkers can exert control over minds, causing their victims to injure themselves or take their own lives. University of Nevada, Las Vegas, anthropologist Dan Benishek, who studies indigenous cultures in native North America, told the authors of Hunt for the Skinwalker that according to the legend, the general view is that skinwalkers do terrible things. They make people sick, they commit murders, they're grave robbers and necrophiliacs. They're greedy, evil people who must kill a sibling or other relative to be initiated as a skinwalker. And they can turn into were animals and travel in supernatural ways. According to the book, the Navajo do not speak about skinwalkers, especially with strangers, because... A stranger who asks a question about skinwalkers just might be one himself looking for his next victim. What's the first rule of being a skinwalker? You don't talk about... You don't talk about being a skinwalker. You don't. So is Skinwalker Ranch cursed lands due to its violent history, or is the cause visitors from another planet? Patrick Wiggins, a spokesman for the Hanson Planetarium, told the Deseret News. My personal opinion, not speaking for the planetarium or Salt Lake County, is that the universe is teeming with life. There are more stars in the skies than there are grains of sand on planet Earth. The notion that anybody would say that out of an incredible number of stars that there's only one planet that has life on it, that's ludicrous. That's egocentric to the max. Anybody that in a statement to a publication uses to the max, <laughs> to the max, hell yeah, that's egocentric <laughs> to the max. Anyways, I'm Max Headroom. <laughs> I'm going to go watch MTV back when it was good. He's like, back to the max. I also like that they're saying, um, you're, we'd like a quote from you, the spokesman of the planetarium. And he's like, I would love to give you one. This is not speaking for the planetarium. <laughs> this is me, baby. All oh, this, this is, is all me, baby. Wiggins, baby. All Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> the Uinta Basin is widely known among extraterrestrial enthusiasts as UFO Alley due to all of the alleged sightings over the years. In 1974, Frank Salisbury, a professor at the University of Utah, wrote the Uinta UFO Display, a factual compilation of hundreds of reports from local residents who had seen UFOs. Eventually in the 70s, the Utah Highway Patrol received so many calls about UFOs that they stopped taking reports. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why. why there were too many of them. <laughs> Salt Lake City-based indie filmmaker Trent Harris told the Deseret News, You can't throw a rock in southern Utah without hitting somebody who's been abducted. <laughs> and you got to throw that rock really high up because they're getting beamed up into the sky. <laughs> so, uh... Round of applause if you have been abducted by an alien. Okay. A couple. Yes. If we had a rock, we would have hit you. So no, that checks that's out. That's accurate. That I would never. Out. You can't just huck a rock willy-nilly like. No. You'll hit, somebody. You'll hit somebody that got abducted. 
in 2009, Dr. Salisbury reached out to Kenneth Meyer's brother, Garth, to inquire about his late brother and sister-in-law's time on the ranch, which spanned from 1934 until Kenneth's death in 1987 and Edith's in 1994. Dr. Salisbury asked if he could tell Garth some of the many UFO reports from the Uinta Basin that had been collected for the past half a century. Garth told the doctor, That's fine, as long as you know they're just stories. Dr. Salisbury considered the possibility that with Garth being such a skeptic, his brother and sister-in-law may never have shared any of the ongoings on the ranch with him. This could be possible, as Garth described his brother and sister-in-law in simple terms. They were essentially hermits. They only established relationship with two people, but other than that, they had no communication with any of their neighbors. How do you? They had a lot of communication with their neighbors from the sky. That's right. They're like, we don't need to talk to the people next door, honey. They have nothing for us. <laughs> uh, the best part of Garth, who's a doctor himself, he's a med- he's a pediatric neurologist, I believe, uh, is Dr. Salisbury got a hold of him when he was 88 years old, and Garth gave uh, no fucks <laughs> and just laid it out. <laughs> Once you're 88. Yes. You have free reign. You say whatever just, you want at that point. Someone's like, they. I guess they called him after the ranch was sold and wanted to you know, talk to him about something. And they said, well, can you take us to the ranch? And he said, no. And they said, well, if you don't take us to the ranch, then we're not going to go to lunch together. And he goes, well, I guess we're not going to lunch together then. <laughs> I'm in the driver's seat, baby. <laughs> like, they have no bargaining chip. Oh, you're going to, then we're not going to lunch together. <laughs> then you're not seeing my alien ranch. <laughs> Yeah, I this Garth guy's just like, you overestimate how much I care about you. <laughs> Still, Garth debunked several of the more recent owner stories, particularly the descriptions of the various locks inside the house and cabinets that the Shermans and the authors of Hunt for the Skinwalker found so strange. Instead, Garth rejected this idea, telling Salisbury, It took one key to enter the home, and if that key didn't work, sharp kick to the door always let me in. So this tells me it's not just because he's 88. He would kick the door of his brother's home in if his key didn't work. No wonder they're hermits. No, they're my God. They're like it's Thanksgiving. (laughs) They're like we didn't want company. Did you unlock the door? He's like, no, of course not. We have 30 locks on the door, and they're like, (laughs) I brought the Jello, but you're not getting in the cupboard, Garth. As for the dramatic warnings against breaking ground and the alleged clause in the sales contract that forbade digging, Garth had a simple explanation. The prohibition on excavation had to do with contingent oil rights on the land. Since land may contain oil that the selling party isn't aware of, clauses pertaining to mineral rights are standard in land sale agreements. Yeah, they didn't want to give up, you know, that black gold Texas tea that could have been under the surface. You don't know what's down there. So it wasn't More just... ways than one. Hey... <laughs> Elderly eccentric clauses. I was like, they're trying to hang on to that money. Mm-hmm. Not everyone agreed with Garth's contrarian position on the ranch's supernatural events. Once the news broke about UFOs on the ranch, Robert Bigelow called up Garth, asking why the Myers had never revealed the UFO events to everyone. Garth had no time for this inquiry, saying, I told him the UFOs didn't get there until Terry Sherman got there. Indeed, when pressed as to whether the UFO activity had gone on since the 1700s, as the 2005 book alleged, Garth dismissed this. See, this is Terry Sherman. That's the story he made. But it's not the right story. There was an exclamation mark in the book. It's not the right story! Garth got passionate there. (laughs) 
I can tell you unequivocally that up to 1992, there never been and there never were signs of UFO or any other similar activity. Well, how would you know that, though? Garth. Garth, he knows everything. (laughs) (laughs) I love that he's also like, see, this is Terry Sherman. Like, he's He's got a whole list of bullshit that Terry (laughs) Sherman spews. It's just one of the many things that makes him up. And he also said, I think one of the stories that that the Shermans had told the investigators was the previous family had all these packs of giant guard dogs. And Garth's like, my brother had one dog and it had three legs. (laughs) And they love that dog. Like, is it because an alien took one of the other ones? No. 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 It's because he got hit by a tractor. And <laughs> it was a whole story. I won't go into it. There's like one single lock on the house that, that turns into a thousand. <laughs> and one dog with three legs that turns into like a passel of guard dogs. No wonder Garth's fucking over no, it. No, he's so over it. He's like, and stop calling me, too. Also, to say <laughs> there's no activity of any UFO whatsoever in this area to the man who's talked to, like, 5,000 people who think, most of whom were wrong, but who th- all said that they had seen UFOs, that's some big balls. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, your whole life's a lie. <laughs> anyway, have a good day. <laughs> For his part, History Channel's Dr. Taylor concedes that possibly not all of the anomalies on Skinwalker Ranch are the result of interdimensional portals or UFOs, but challenges the viewer in his trademark Alabama drawl, what if some of it were real? And that can be said for anything. (laughs) He's also like, this is the first episode, and I would like to have more than one season of this job. (laughs) And they're on season two, so it works. This is like... King of the Hill meets like uh, what is it the like Oak Big Island. Bang Theory? Yeah, it's like well, it's like Oak Island because they're like always yeah. like it's something's dirt. It's gonna happen. Dirt. You're like there's two seasons, so we know nothing has happened. It's such a spoiler when you, like it's true. When we start rocking, watching Oak Island. There's five seasons. We're like, well, clearly they haven't fucking found any <laughs> treasure. But or, it's always something. That's the possibility. Why are we gonna start with season one? Just jump in at the last thing. <laughs> I will say, of all the History Channel shows, this one is the most ridiculous. It's, it's funny. Sh- I thought it was. It shot almost comedically, but not intentionally. It's almost like Office style. Yes. Where it's like, like very like reactionary and mm-hmm. cut to. And they're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, we gotta get Brandon on the line. And there's a big Zordon like you know he does his mm-hmm. face in the background. That's from Power Rangers. Not everybody, uh, I think, got that reference. But some did. Some did. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so it's, uh, like you said, there's a lot of edits. There's also, Dragon is getting fed the fuck up with a lot of people because... Um, Dragon's going to get a spin They were like, we're going to dig. We're going to dig on the ranch. And Dragon's like, don't you dare. And then they say, well, shush, uh, we're going to do it anyway. He goes, it's like if I don't have five PhDs, no one cares about my feelings. <laughs> like, you know what they do care about? That's why he carries that thing around. Yeah. He's like, I might not have a doctorate, but I got this assault rifle. Yeah, he's like, somebody's going to listen. <laughs> well, so what do we think? So many UFOs, you guys. So many locks on so many cabinets and so many UFOs. Well, I think the it, there is recorded evidence, and I do appreciate Dr. Salisbury because he does not just... He, he really does comb through it. And he'll say, I think we we're talking about it, like somebody's like, I saw a ball of red light in the sky and it was very far away and then it went away at this hour. And he's like, well, that was Venus. <laughs> so people see that sometimes. It's always up there. It's just not like Would always. Would it be Mars? He said Venus. I don't, you see different planets at different times. Jupiter was fucking me up the other day. You got beef with Jupiter? Me and Ju- Jupiter is my favorite planet. But oh. I have a... 
There's a freaking Mine's skylight. Earth. Oh, you love Earth the most. Okay, well, now I look like a douche. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I love Earth, and I'm like, give me more plastic straws. I'm going to Jupiter. <laughs> uh, but it shined in my eyes, too, at skylight. That's, the, that's why we fought. Jupiter did? Yeah, it was rude. It was pretty rude. I felt like I was targeted, but... <laughs> Well, I just watched. I would feel blessed if a planet like looked down upon me. <laughs> I would. I was cur- oh, cursed. I was scared because I had just watched uh, Midnight Mass, and then any of the I can't remember the guy's name that makes those, but the Bly Manor Hill House guy. There's always like glowing eyes and everything, and so at first blush it looked like a glowing eye. And then oh. I thought maybe a UFO, and then I have an app that's called Sky Map. And then you hold it up, and it was like, it's Jupiter. So they needed them apps back then, yeah, I think. That's that would have helped yeah. a lot of this. See, but if somebody had got to you to do an interview before you had done that, you would have been like, there's a UFO there's up a there. <laughs> and I'm being targeted. I was being yeah. picked on. But there, but he Salisbury does try to comb through them and say, okay, these are the ones that, you know, 10 people who were at four different locations all saw something on this night at this time. And it was not explained by either air traffic in the area or by astronomy that you can say, okay, this planet was aligned with this. So I think undisputedly there are UFOs. There's at least this area. I don't know if there's more UFOs or there was just more interest in charting them. So there's a lot of evidence of UFOs. There's like articles in these book. But does that necessarily mean that like a fart monster ripped a hole in the dimension? <laughs> <laughs> I like yes. to hope so because I'm real optimistic. But do you think the UFOs are from outer space or do you think they're government planes that maybe there's like a secret government testing facility around here flying stuff? Uh, well, I would say if a thousand, if there was a thousand different UFO sightings, probably two of them were interdimensional beings and the rest was the government just pulling one over on us. Yeah. <laughs> I think the government loves to like use the alien theory as their little scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Try to to try to get out of things. And yeah, like, they're, like, they're like, well, like, we don't even have to explain it because every all the the yeah. nuts out there are just going to start saying we're it's not aliens. nuts. Okay, yeah, so. and then we're like, we're not nuts. <laughs> you're hiding stuff from us. We're conspiracy theorists because you're conspiring against us. And too much <laughs> of the stuff they've done that was a conspiracy has come true. So I think there's all there can always be a grain of truth. But that makes total sense because if they were out, I don't know buzzing around and people were all pissed off they would be like that wasn't us yeah. that's crazy no that's you're not wild. gonna admit to like that. that was a secret plane that we're testing to <laughs> use against our enemies you're gonna be like well i guess there was an alien and yeah. they were wearing little overalls <laughs> like they wore really cool white overalls because in 1993 <laughs> they had one strap down did you do one strap on your overalls or i never wore overalls okay well i didn't mean that rudely i just i had to wear a school uniform i didn't get the chance to wear overalls oh man overalls there's so many pockets i feel like i don't have a body for overalls i don't need nobody does <laughs> Well, they make everybody farmers look. Farmers do. Farmers <laughs> farmers do. It's a look. I wouldn't know if it's a good look. Yeah. Uh, I've never, I've always thought, been like, these would be so comfortable to wear, but I'm like, but I look like a large child. Yeah. Like, I think I wore them once uh, as a character in a sketch show. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I wish that like, I could just be this character all the time because these are real comfortable. <laughs> just going to walk around in this. Mm-hmm. That's most comfortable clothes of like, I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, they're not going to let me on an airplane in this. <laughs> They did. If they you will. have a ticket, no, turns out they'll let you on in most stuff. Pretty much nowadays, if you have a ticket and you're not like actively spitting on someone or cursing or just chugging vodka. Although they like, didn't let that woman on a few weeks ago because her shorts were too short. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's for you to decide, Mm-mm. airlines. Yeah. 
That's for her to make a horrible choice of putting nude thighs on a vinyl seat that other people's butts have sweated into that you don't, don't even have the fabric to soak it up and then you sweat into it. You're going, you're raw dog in a plane seat. And I think mm. people should be allowed to do that. If you want a raw dog a plane no. seat, you do that. Go ahead. That's not for the TSA. It's not for the FAA. It should be like at the gym. Like you got to clean that wipe off, it off after yeah. Yeah, you got to wipe it off. It I'm not saying. somebody else sits on it. You wipe after you raw dog that seat, but you can, that's freedom, man. That is how so you we, get an aisle seat though that's you're right. like yeah you want to sit there go ahead and they're like i'll oh, take the middle it's fine <laughs> and it's gonna make her wear a seatbelt because it's slippery and if you're they start to hit that there's turbulence what you slip right out like a slip and slide right out yeah i'm just describing what my thighs do when there's not fabric between <laughs> them and something it's again, again, it's like you guys ever do. know whenever you sit on a bar stool in shorts in the summer and you stand up and there's an ass print and then you're like, I got to get up, but everyone's going to see it. and It's going to be gross. You try to sneak a cocktail napkin and you kind of do one of these and they're like, what's going on? Right. Everybody else. Knows no, that me. is I, I will concede this happens. Yes. The conference room fart. I'm not I haven't <laughs> had that happen. But this, and also, like, they're bunched up, and you're, like, trying to, like, discreetly pull them down. And then Never you got happen. the big mark on your leg because you've been crossing your legs. It's hard being a woman. If you want to <laughs> discourage people from wearing short shorts on planes, let them do it once. <laughs> right? And then never Some again. lessons you learn the hard way. Yes, they're going to slide know? off the plane whenever you land. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, in the event of an emergency... Things will deploy, but also we're just going to hang you out the window. <laughs> and everyone's just going to slide right Whoop. down your buttocks Whoop. and your legs straight and into sl- the water. Slick, slick thighs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's Skinwalker Ranch, yes. you guys. That's the ranch. Yeah. But we're not finished yet. We're not finished yet. So... Um, <laughs> If you're a Patreon, oh, somebody already knows, Y'all probably because know. the live Y'all show know. came out. Yeah, uh, if you're a Patreon, this is a bit we do on our Patreon. Um, we oh, we got we it. Have something. Yeah. We may have something. No, I left the skull. It, left the skull, skull wouldn't fit in my suitcase. The skull wouldn't fit in my suitcase. I was like, what can I take out? I have to have clothes. So uh, <laughs> we had to make some... Some adjustments. But yes, this is uh, Judge Christie, where um, my ruling is global. It's also cannot be challenged. Um, <laughs> and much like Cooch and Lube, I'll rule on anything. <laughs> so, uh, so well, yeah, we're going to ask you for some grievances. Heather usually uh, gets us started with a grievance of her own. I, and I love hearing these. I've been an asshole for a lot of things in my life. I'm like throw a fit a lot of times. Uh, so other times I've thought of a story in advance, but I wanted to have you guys just like yell a word out and I'll mm. see if it sparks me something. Just clients. Oh man. Oh, oh, oh yes. Yeah, a good one. <laughs> um, okay. So I had, I had my own law practice and I would generally let people, you know, give my name out, refer or whatever, and just take the calls. I had a gentleman call. He, it was like a friend of a friend of a friend. So it wasn't like your uncle is best friends with this. You know, it was just, we were vaguely related. He called up and he told me, he's like, I need, I need help. This apartment complex is, they're terrible to me. They're being awful to me. And I was just, I was ready. I was like, okay, what is it? Is there bugs? Is there men? He's like, they said on the advertisement that there was full cable television here. And he's like, I looked up all the channels that are offered, and I don't have all the channels. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I want to sue the apartment complex because it's a bait and switch. 
I feel like I've been lied to. This is deceptive trade practices. <laughs> I'm like, you go- you Googled this. And I said, um, I was like, no, I'm not going to take this case. He's like, well, what can I do? And I was just like, I'll get the internet because anything you want to watch is just right there. <laughs> Uh, but he was like, no, I like to watch cable. And that's the thing that somebody's into. If you want to watch commercials then and you're a pervert, that's on you. Um, I hate commercials. They drive me up the wall. But I wouldn't take his case. And at the end of the call, he said, uh, well, screw you. And then he hung up the phone. So I felt really good about not taking his case. But I would like to know, Your Honor, had I brought... Um, I'll give him a fake name. We'll call him uh, Joe. If I had brought Joe's case to you of Joe versus the apartment complex. Not the volcano. No, not Joe versus the volcano. Joe versus the apartment complex. Do you think that it is a uh, false advertising claim for an apartment complex to say, we offer cable, but it's not every channel that he wanted? I deeply regret not asking what channels were missing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it said we offer cable. It didn't say we offer full cable. It didn't say we offer the Platinum Deluxe Spectrum package with every possible nudie channel. But it channel. said we offer cable, and they did have cable. They had cable. It was. And I think that that's they did what they said they were supposed to do. Good. I'm glad I rejected his case, especially because he said, <laughs> screw you. And I'm like, do people still say that? Yeah. I wasn't even offended. Show us. Dude, apparently. If it's so important to you to have all of the cable channels, then you need to make sure that you get call. that set in stone before you sign a lease. I agree. Yeah, call AT&T or Spectrum or whoever offers it and upgrade yourself. But he was like, they should offer all the channels. So thank you, Your Honor. You're welcome. It was very petty, right? Joe's grievance was very petty. Thank you. Yes. So what we like from you all is to just something like you you have a, a nitty issue argument or something like that. No bummers. No bummers. <laughs> <laughs> we like to give that disclaimer. That's always a good one. Um, you shout out, I have a grievance, and then you're going to walk over where I'm pointing in the darkness. There's a, I promise there's a microphone. Um, and then you're going to just tell us your grievance, and the judge will rule on it. So does anyone have a grievance? Yell, I have a grievance. You have a grievance. Okay, I heard this one, and we'll, we'll get another one. So head right there to that microphone. We have a grievance. Let's All right, it. there you go. Oh, nice. What's Thank your name? You. Oh, we got to turn on. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> okay. They're going to turn it on. Oh, we got oh, you. Oh, there we go. <laughs> My name's Michelle. Hi, Michelle. So this is a work-related grievance. Okay. It happened today. Oh, <laughs> fresh. It's fresh. Um, so just for some background, I'm an auditor. Okay. So you don't have to clap. It's a boring job. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so... I have this client, and the controller was getting to know our new associates, brand new, straight out of their master's program associates. I'm in my second year, so I have a little bit of experience. And one of my senior associates, who's right above me, is quitting his last days tomorrow. (laughs) So we introduce our two associates. One's a man and one's a woman. Mm -hmm. And Mm. then the controller, at the end of the meeting, says... So let's call him Joe. Okay. So Joe. He's all over Joe's the place. getting a bad rap tonight. His <laughs> name's Joe. We're sorry. No, Joe is the associate. Okay. The male associate. So he goes, So Joe, are you replacing Bob, the senior associate? Mm-hmm. And I look at him and I think, hmm, 
I've been here a whole year. We told him he was a new associate. Why the fuck does this man think that a man is above <gasps> me? So he was presumptuous. He was making an assumption. He that, assumed yeah. that the man was above all, because the rest of the team is women. He assumed that the man was above the rest of the well, women. Welcome to the United States of America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, naturally, since I'm still relatively new, I didn't want to fight the controller of a pretty big corporation. So I just stared at him a little bit via Zoom. Silently hating him. Silently hating mm-hmm. him. And I brought it up to my manager. I was like, did you think this was weird? And she was like, hmm. I don't know. So what do you think, Judge Christie? Oh, was I mean, it misogyny or yes, is it in my thousand head? percent. <laughs> Slam dunk misogyny. Yeah. Good I on mean, you for the self-control of not being like, actually. I, <laughs> yeah, I would have totally been like, no, he's not. I, I am, struggled but thank you. so hard not to roll my eyes at this man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's uh, I think that's unfortunately very common. Yeah, especially in because auditing account that's like the accounting world. Especially in Utah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh well, that too. But yeah, women I mean, don't, I don't know, know numbers. But yeah, I, I've been in the legal field. I got a lot of like in Texas, so I can relate. Ish. I don't know. I'm, Are you I think it's about the same. Yes, all yeah. the time. I would answer my office phone, who they called me when I was general counsel of a company, and be like, "Hey, sweetie, can you put the general counsel on the line?" <gasps> I was like, "I just need your full name, so I can just ban you from ever doing business here." <laughs> So your phone number, where do you live? I'm probably going to come by and mm-hmm. egg your house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. No, that's, that's tough because you don't, like you said, you want to maintain professionalism. And that's the struggle of being a professional woman in the workplace mm-hmm. is that you can't just go, excuse hey, me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think hey. you can say it in a way that isn't uh, aggressive. You got to have Because then Christy. you're just an aggressive, crazy woman in the yeah. workplace. And, but and yeah, so, like, that's I think, what I always struggle with. Yeah. yeah. I think... Um, it's uh, a badass move to be like, oh, no, actually, I am. I've been here a year longer than him, so I, I'm above him. Yeah. And you're, I mean, it's facts. You're not like, you know what I mean? You're not, it's a flex also, but it's like a factual flex. And also, I like to use opportunities like that as a little uh, a learning opportunity for someone that's mm-hmm. like, don't make the assumption that just because he's the only guy in the room that he's above the rest of us. Yeah. That's and that's a good way to do it. And also, I like to do because uh, where y'all know I'm petty. I would love. <laughs> I like to do it of like you know if they say, oh yeah, you know, are you you're gonna replace so and so because you know you're more senior. I'd be like, oh yeah, remind me again. What year did you graduate? <laughs> and they're like, oh 2021. And you're like, oh yeah, that's that's right. I always forget because I'm 2019 and you're 2021. I always forget. Thank you so much. <laughs> 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 Thank you, ladies. That's and yes, just final like, ruling. <laughs> it was misogynistic. Congrats on your promotion. <laughs> Woo! Who else has a grievance? Oh, we had one over here already, right? Grievance? Oh. Somebody over here. You have here to yell, I have a grievance. Yes. Heather really likes the part where you yell, I have part. a grievance. You have so you have to yeah. yell it. Yes. Okay. All right. Are you on the mic? Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. What's what your, name? your name? Hi, uh, I'm Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hello. And I, uh, I have a relationship issue, actually. Okay. okay. So I'm here with my partner, James. Hi, James. Hi, James. Um, and Sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah, so we're from Texas. Hell yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I love it. It's uh, warm there. Yeah, and too, here, too warm all the time. It's really fucking cold. Mm-hmm. And so... Whenever we're out, and he like shivers really easily, you know, like a little chihuahua. And <laughs> what every man wants to be compared to Look, by his he's lover. Beautiful. I love him. A but, tiny dog. Um, so 
he shivers really easily. Mm -hmm. And if I have like a jacket or something, I'll give it to him, you know, mm -hmm. like my, my pink puffy coat. Or if he comes in from outside and his hands are cold, you know, I'll, I'll put them on my chest or my butt. Hell you know, yeah. like it's nice, right? He's like, I'm very cold all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, but here's the thing though, is if I'm getting in bed after him and my feet are chilly mm -hmm. and I like scoot a little bit towards him. And say it again. If I scoot a little bit towards mm -hmm. him and my feet are chilly, mm -hmm. he will fuck <gasps> off to the other side of the bed. James. Yeah. James. And we got a king size bed too. So like that's really far away. Oh, you can away. get far. You can get far. So like <laughs> I understand in relationships, you give without, you know, like needing wanting return, something in right? return. And like, it's not all tit for tat and all of that. But I just feel like at some point... <laughs> There is a certain amount of, of, of warmth, literal and literal, warmth, yes. Mm -hmm. That partners should mm -hmm. uh, reciprocate to each yes. other. Yes, so you're I giving him your tit for his tat. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> he should let you yes. warm your feet on him if you need to warm your feet. Easily. Thank you. Is that James, judgment? we're going to call you Joe, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so Joe. Uh, so Joe. Here's the deal, too. No matter, regardless of temperature, you don't ever want the person that you love and who you believe loves you back to recoil from you or touch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not to the edge of the bed. Yeah. No, I think Joe, if you want to get back on the James wagon, <laughs> you're gonna need to let Rachel put her little cold toesies little in between tootsies. your legs for a second. Thank Warm those so toesies. <laughs> it's only fair, and I know you say that you give in a relationship without the expectation of reciprocity, which I believe in wholeheartedly. That's the true, but that only works if both people do that. Mm. <laughs> yep. Right. Well, thank you so much. We've been thank a little you. gavel, so that it's yes. Like, for sure. Final ruling tonight: your cold feet are going in between his legs. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had one over here. We have a Was there a over grievance here? over here? All right, come on down. I see a hand. Do you have to shout, I have a grievance? Oh, yeah. All right. It's very muffled grievance, but you we'll know take me. it. I can't. I got to. I like things the Make same your way, way every time. down to the mic, Price is Right style. Come we should on start down. making everyone in the audience wear giant ass name tags <laughs> like on the Price is Right. I want to get, well, you know, we have that thing in the uh, studio that has the like Bigfoot scream yeah. and the applause. I want that's the Price is Right sound. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> just the wheel. Hello. I can't tell if you're there yet because there, it's just I think we're darkness. There. I think so. we're there. I'm there. Are you there? Okay, cool. What's your name? My name's Chris. Hi, Hi Chris. Chris. Um, so actually my grievance is about my name. <laughs> oh, so I've gone by Chris um, for 16 years. Um, my mom, who I love, uh, who setup. is not here, so I don't have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't listen to our podcast, apparently. <laughs> so My mom, who we'll call Joe. <laughs> <laughs> she... Uh, refuses to call me Chris like my uh, first name is Amanda and it uh, here's she always says like I call you Amanda because it means worthy of love and like I'm like well if I'm worthy of love maybe then call me by the name I want to go by call me by mm -hmm. the right name anyway like yeah but as a parent um I know that if my son like changed his name like I don't know it would be hard for me um so I guess 
my grievance is like I'm not sure what to tell my mom mm-hmm. and also like what do I tell my kid when he freaks out at my mom because she's not calling me by the right name. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, the worthy of love is a good explanation from your mom's angle, but I would you know, maybe ask her, why do you feel that the name is necessary to show me that I'm worthy of love? And wouldn't this re- simple request, and even if she accidentally is like, Amanda, oh, sorry, I meant Chris, you know, if she at least shows some sort of effort. But I think the defiance and then sort of using <laughs> a, because I love you so much, I'm going to ignore what you mm-hmm. asked me to do. Um, that, I, I would just... A little bit like, of gaslighting. Let's, let's explore this, yeah. Mom. Like, what? It, I know you say it means I'm worthy of love, and I appreciate that, and I know you make me feel like I'm worthy of love. You don't necessarily make me feel respected, though, when I ask something of you and you disregard it. Mm-hmm. Is it possible for you to at least explain to me, is there something I'm missing here? Are you afraid to tell me? Because I think a lot of times people act out and then say, oh, I'm just doing it because I'm tired, or I'm just doing it because of this, or I'm doing it because your name means worthy of love. But there's an underlying But there's an underlying reason. thing. Yeah. If she's like, well, I picked Amanda because this, and it hurts my feelings that you seem like you don't like it, then that's something y'all can work through together. But um, I think a lot of times people's first reasoning behind of like, you hurt me, and someone's like, well, I didn't mean to. You know, their first thing that they say is never really the truth. So maybe try to like dig down to the mm-hmm. bottom of it. Yeah. It's for, how old is your son? He's 13. Oh, yikes. God yeah. help me. So, I mean, I think you could also tell your mom it's, very upsetting for your grandson to show to see that you like don't respect that and and it's hard so I think yeah you have to have a conversation if Simon or Ella came to us and we're like we do not want to go by the names you gave us this is what we're going to go by I'm not attached to their names I'm attached to them I like their names I chose we chose them but (laughs) Tommy had Tommy and I chose them but you know I mean a name if you're, you being called Chris should be more important than her calling you Amanda. You know, mm-hmm. like that's like names are very personal to like mm-hmm. the person that that's what they're being called. Mm-hmm. So you got to let some stuff go. But I think like Heather said, you got to have kind of a heart to heart. Have you ever asked her like or discussed oh, it with her? So many times. So yeah. what does she say? Uh, she says, I picked that name to remind you that you're worthy of love and you're beloved. And then. I'm not ever going to call you Chris. And, like, yeah, but the cool thing, like, is my grandma said that she was never going to call me Chris, and, like, two years ago she started. And like, oh, that's, that's awesome. Nice. It means a lot. Like, she'll she'll mess up. Like like you were saying, she'll mm-hmm. mess up and go, Amanda, oh, I mean Chris. Mm-hmm. And, like, when she does that, like, it means more to me than mm-hmm. even if she just called me Chris straight out. Yeah. Because yeah. I know she's trying. Yeah. But, yeah, my mom is, like, crazy stubborn. I love her to death, but holy hell. Yeah. <laughs> That's everybody about all their moms. Yeah, all of our moms. yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, start calling her Joe. And then when she's like, why are you calling me Joe? You're like, and you're like, I know, it feels not great to be called the name you don't want to go by, right? Yeah. Weird, huh? Um, yeah, I mean, and the reality is, like, she may not change, you know? Yeah. We, but, like, we always say, like, acceptance doesn't equal approval. So if you're, you're like, I can't change that, so I'm not going to spend my energy on it. Does it hurt still? Yeah, of course. But maybe try and refocus on, like, people like your grandma and stuff that are making that concerted effort. And I think your son's probably of the age where he knows what's up, so you can be pretty honest with, with him and stuff. Maybe 
I don't know. Would it be weird if he talked to your mom about it? Has he ever done that? Oh, like the one time he did, he like, uh, well, he kind of got physical. Oh. And tried to hit her. Uh, yeah, well, that's not good. He's oh, on no. the autism spectrum, so oh, like okay. he's a little okay. bit. You know, so he's intense. Getting, yeah, but yeah. intense. Yeah, something intense. Yeah. But due to tonight, I've decided that when he's a pain in the butt, I'm calling him Joe. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's probably difficult too because he's on the autism spectrum. He might not understand as much, and so, yeah. and like routine and stuff. If that gets out of whack, it's upset. It can be upsetting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I, moms are hard. Yeah, familial yeah. stuff is hard. I know it is. It is. Like all you can do is tell them. Like except for us, though, right? We're not. <laughs> except I'm great, and right. I'll and never have any issues with my kids. Right. <sighs> it doesn't keep me up nightly that I'm like one day they'll want nothing to do with me. Spend as much time as you can with them now. Y'all laughing? She's not joking. No. <laughs> not even a little. Yeah, I mean, if you d- if you said everything you can say, and she knows that, then it's on her to change, you know. And like, you there's sometimes it's out of our control. And if like you know that, then it kind of lessens the burden. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. kind of if you go into it knowing like I know she's gonna call me Amanda, do I um, accept this? I guess I have to. Do I approve of it? No. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, well, I can't. It takes the stress less of you always like figuring out how you can change her because no, like, you yeah. probably can't, you know? No, yeah. That's and if you her. can't correct her and she won't listen, I would maybe just say, we're not, we don't have to address this anymore. But I, and I, whatever reasons you have, you have them. But I want you to know every time you call me Amanda, it deeply hurts mm-hmm. me. I'm not going to correct you anymore. You're allowed to do whatever you want to do. I just want you to know that the consequences, you're free to have whatever actions you want to have, but the consequences of those actions is that you're hurting me, you're upsetting my son. And if that's more important to you than respecting what I've asked you to do, that's a choice you're making, and then maybe we can't hang out as much because it really does hurt me. Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank, like thank you. Yeah. That was awesome. Oh, thank we got you, another grievance. Thank you. Call him. Chris. Is your grievance your name is Joe and you want but us to your stop? Feelings. Is that what's happening right now? Very clear. <laughs> <laughs> a major one. Oh, a major oh, I gotta hear the major grievance. It's right here. Major if grievance. you can see where I'm pointing. Okay. My major years in the hospital. Tell us when you're there because we can't see you. Not really. Not unless you're. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, major okay. grievance. Yes, major grievance. Okay. What's your name? My name's Joe. so nice to see you guys nice to see you um so i am an adorable french teacher french teacher french teacher okay yeah and i am the nicest person i am just i just feel like i'm a good person to have around you know what confidence is important it is it really is nine ten they say possessions nine tenths of law is confidence baby (laughs) yeah really it is and when you teach high school you kind of have to have oh you gotta be yeah, steely yeah. reserve. So my friend that I've known since college has a little dog that is the most adorable little dog ever. And he's a Gotan. And what? Is that a type of dog? Yeah. Okay. And I had never My met dog I found in a creek, so I don't yeah. <laughs> if it has a title of it, I don't know. My dog's like twenty and looks like a wizard and he we don't know what like he is. So <laughs> I think that's wonderful. And I haven't gotten a dog yet just because I travel a lot. And so Mm -hmm. that's not fair to a dog. However, I just feel like since the dog is a French type of dog Mm -hmm. and I'm a fantastic human. Yes. I feel like he should give me joint custody. Wait, your friend 
should share their dog with you? Yes. Okay. And I just love... Go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah. I'm listening with an open mind. If you I'm had said, teacher. how is this going to turn out? This was nigh Never would have guessed it. Thousand years. What I thought you were going to say. Thousand years. I would never have thought this. Yeah. Go ahead. But I'm a French teacher, and it makes yes, sense we know to that. me. It's a French dog, and I'm delightful. I have a question. Yes. Does the dog speak French? <laughs> and if w- it, Have you taught it French? Know. He will after I teach That's him. That's right. As his... Yeah. So, um, Heather, you yes. love Ellen Simon. So much. Would you like 50% custody <laughs> oh, of them? No. <laughs> uh, maybe. If I could have them when they're, like, happy and joyful. Okay. And All right. Well, then, then you're getting them, like, 10% of the day. <laughs> um, I'm the funny aunt. I swoop in, and then true. I'm like, do you guys want some uh, Play-Doh? And then it's, by the time it's around in the carpet, I'm long gone. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, so, to just... Uh, sum it up you because you're an adorable fun french teacher you feel like you should get ownership of your friend's french dog just part ownership part ownership could you describe to me what you envision that would look like well i mean i work from like six in the morning till like four in the afternoon so the dog could go there and then i could get him from like 4 30 and I mean, it just makes sense to me. So you want the dog from 4.30 till you didn't finish the sentence. What time well, were you going to take it back? 4.30 to 5.30. I don't know. 4.30 to 5.30? Yeah. So That's an hour? So you want to be this dog's like dog sitter? 16.30 to 5.30. Oh, a.m. Yeah. Oh. Oh, my. So you want the dog there to sleep with you? No, because I would end up staying up and hanging out with the dog. They'll probably I, hang out. I'll be honest. Like, sleep goes after dogs. So. Yeah. You got a party. You yeah. got a, what's the dog kind of name of it? What's the dog it's again? Cotan. Cotan? It's like cotton. Cotan? Yeah. What's like the dog's name? It means you have a cotan. You do not sleep. You party all night long. <laughs> I'm going to guess three names to see if this is what the dog's name is. Uh, is it a boy? Yes. Jean-Philippe. No. Nope. <laughs> guess two? Pierre. No. Nope. <laughs> guess three? Claude. Jacques. I was going to say Jacques. 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 Claude. Is no, it Jacques? it's Stormageddon. There it is. Again, $1,000 I would have been like. Okay, here's, no, what, never got it. Uh, here's what I thought your grievance should be, and I think it should be, um, is that the dog should have a French name, and I thought you were wanted to be able to help him name the dog, not no. take his Took dog. Took <laughs> took a turn so a fancy dog like that i imagine you didn't find in a ditch like i did did it yeah. cost money to acquire the pet did it cost money to get him oh, yeah okay yeah how, how many what what do they use over there what are they using francs how many francs or euros i get getting about what countries I, use I what anymore i think that he got him in france and, Wait, uh, you got him all the way in France? No, he did not. Oh, okay. No, I was making a joke. Oh, yeah, I was confused. I get it. Yeah. I started thinking about foreign currency, and I was like, someone's going to tell how, me. How, how much was the dog? 500 Are you the owner? Get up here. Get up to the microphone, sir. What? Please. We didn't know you were here. Okay, first, why is the dog's name Stormageddon and not a French name? We're coming. We got. We all have answers. Uh, what's your name? Originally, my, sorry, what's that? What's your name? My name's Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Hi Chris. Um, originally, his name was Louis. Louis. He was with the people who. Uh, Come a little closer to the him. microphone. Oh, sorry. There you go. 
Oh, I'm six foot, and this is. Uh, yeah. Are you squatting down? Yeah, he's hunkering. How he's are hunkering you really down. tall, or is that microphone it's really tiny. short? The microphone's pretty low. Thanks for trying. Yeah, no, it's comfortable. I'm, the I'm mic good is like five this. five. The mic. Take the it M. out. Do a type five. Pull it out of the mic stand. Yeah, pull it up. Give it to us. Be loose. We're all friends here. There you go. I mean, don't unplug it because we got to be able to hear you. But can you can you try it again? Did you unplug it? I just said. I just said, don't unplug it. <laughs> <laughs> May we to have pull some it assistance? Out of the thing, though. Wise guys, friends. The cord fell out my balls. Okay, oh, there we go. Thank you, thank you. We're good. Okay, go ahead. Uh, sorry, what was the question? So yeah, his name yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Why would you name him? There's been a lot. His name He's was named Louis. after Louis. Which the Louis? Fourteen. Okay, good. That's good. We hadn't canceled Not that one yet. CK. Have we? Is he bad? But when know. we had, when my ex and I adopted him, we called him Stormageddon Dark Lord of All because he weighs ten pounds and is a little white fluffy French dog. Okay. And I cannot think of anything less intimidating. When so you're at a dog park, mean? It's from uh, Doctor Who. Oh, I also Texas in February. It happened to us. Yeah, I yeah. thought maybe he was rescued in an ice storm because that's what was all <laughs> over the news for like three months where we lived. Same. Was Stormageddon. When you, I have a question, side question. When the dog, you're in a dog park and it runs off, and you get to yell for it, do you just yell Stormageddon? And yes. then people around you hunker down. And Unless go. he's they really try to save in their trouble. Families. Oh yeah, Stormageddon! <laughs> it's not <laughs> like it's happening. But if he's in trouble, do you use his full name? Yes. Which I don't remember even. Stormageddon, Dark Lord of All. Dark Lord what? I, I, I'm Dark like Lord hearing you, all. but I don't know Dark what you're Lord saying. Dark Lord of All. Dark Lord of All, like Satan? Storm, oh, okay, okay, okay. Stormageddon, Dark Lord of All. Of all. Bingo. Okay. I'm into that. All right. <laughs> I got a lot of names for my dog. It's okay. How do you feel about your friend having co-ownership? Of Stormageddon, Dark Lord of All. I told me she's got to marry me and divorce me to get the co-ownership. Oh. That's how you get joint custody. Damn. Are you going to get married? I mean, people oh, I saw have done a shrug it for in the night. I saw a shrug in the darkness. Uh, Are y'all in a relationship? We're, we just started dating. Congrats. Damn. One person yelled no, and the other one was like, well, it's going yeah, pretty she's well. Like, no. <laughs> and they're in the is. same room, and they're standing right next to each other. Wow. That was, was that French? Wow. That is. That's French. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, <laughs> let's take it a turn. I am, yeah. I am willing to share custody. What's that? I'm willing to share custody. Oh, oh my God. You worked it out yourselves. It's a miracle because yesterday he said no. He said well, no. Well, you know what? That's the power of the judge. It's the power of the gavel. Is now you have joint, joint custody. custody. I, can I say, though, just think about... Adding in, like, you've already given, like, seven names to the dog. Just throw another one in there that's also French. Yeah, like Lay Stormageddon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lay Stormageddon, Dark Lord, Lord of All. That's Lay. it. Custody. That's what you do. Oh, man. Um, oh, man. Let's see. Who else? Do we we got time grievance. for one more we got grievance. one more grievance. Oh, my God. So There's much screaming. so many. Uh, Oh, it was one person. The oh, nut. That's what I want to hear. Go out there. They just, I mean. Shut they, it down with that. your voice. Sounded like Dark Lord of All. The voice can be everywhere. Yeah. Under the ground, vibrations, we don't know. Come up to the short microphone. Come up to the tiny microphone. You get on your knees, Hi, talk to the mic. Uh, we can't see you. We don't know what you're doing out there. Uh, what is your name? My name's Ev. Ev, what's Hi, Ev. up? Mine is so fucking dumb. I'm into but, it. <laughs> I, Hold on. Did you hear the last one? <laughs> You've been in the room. You've been here. You're good. Did you just get here? Nice. You're good. You're, You're good. good. I was with my boyfriend, whose name is not Joe. Okay. okay. 
Um, and we went to the store to get cheese. Okay. Oh, yeah. And he picked up a jar of queso. Yeah. And he said, cheese. <laughs> we got cheese. And I'm like, no, I mean like cheese. And he goes, well, look at the ingredients. There's cheese in this, so this is cheese. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. Is we, queso just cheese? <laughs> even though cheese is an ingredient? We have... Um, wait, wait, what was the name on the jar? What was the brand? Is it Frito? Tostitos? Tostitos? Tostitos, tostitos yeah. Tostitos. You don't even know the name offhand. Okay. <laughs> you don't know anything about cheese. Um, you don't know anything. You don't know what it's like. We're from to be Texas. In Denver and where you, you order queso and they bring you water with lumps in it. Queso is king. We just were in Colorado. Colorado. There was a whole debate about I think we, we already talked it about it. Um, where Colorado, Colorado was great. Their queso can eat my ass. It was like... I'm not here to say a state should be forced to secede from the union. But they should be forced to secede being able to sell queso yeah, in banned. any restaurant. Because it was it like you took a bottle of water and just threw like a cheese cube in it and then melted it. It was very thin. Gross. Where did we get it? Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> people are this very angry. <laughs> You're in Denver. This was in Estes Park. It was at a place called Ed's Cantina. So I should have known from the sign a person named Ed. <laughs> should have taken on us, honestly. That was on us. But then also Paris got queso oh, got in the hotel. Queso at the and he was like, it's just thin again. We're like, that's how they do it here. Too thin, too thin. Yeah, well, it's the altitude. <laughs> just thins it out. What, whatever the altitude does to that queso is what happened to our insides. Just liquefied, wrecked. People so, leave that trip advisor. I'm something. very passionate about cheese. Yeah, same. As is Heather. Kay, Heather Chrissy thinks. knows more about cheese. I, we'll both equally eat it. But well, she'll I be wor- like, I worked at Whole Foods Perfect. for a while in the specialty department, which is a fancy way of saying booze and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you were going to the store, was it just like, let's go pick up some cheese? We needed it for like... It was an ingredient, but it was like clearly cheese. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is information I did not know previously. <laughs> so you were I thought you were on the hunt for some snack and cheese, which uh, it's great to have. You're, you're needing bad. bacon cheese? My you bad. needed to go. And, and so, so what were you cooking? What was the it end was like, result? What's the word? What was it called? Funeral it was like, potatoes? Let's say Funeral it was potatoes? for lasagna. Okay. What is it? Lasagna? Let's say it was like That's for lasagna. 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 No one puts queso in lasagna. I, I know. mean, that Yet. would be good. Yet. Yet. This will be, you know what? What's your boyfriend's name? Not Joe. Not Joe. Not Joe. Yeah. Could be a genius. He's on to something. Nacho. Nacho cheese. Nacho. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. He's, he's right. Nacho. Nacho is right. Nacho is right. Oh, my. I got chills, you guys. He's a, I'm, <laughs> also, I'm thinking about queso now. Uh, I think Nacho is a genius. If you're making lasagna and instead of ricotta, you've, like, up, my mind is revolutionized. Blown. No, nobody's doing that. Revolutionized. That's I'm how you get a billion dollars. I'm talking about the cheese you put on top, though. Yeah, don't. I mean, depends. You'd have to alter the whole recipe. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it. a Mexican lasagna. Black no. and white. It's a different There's thing. There's stuff you'd have to add in, but there, it could still be delicious, though. Black. But yeah. For real, though, what were y'all making? Do you, I don't. You I don't literally recall? don't remember. Oh, I've been fighting with him about this for a really it, long time. Did it get made? He just. Here's the thing. If cheese is an ingredient in queso, queso is not cheese, right? Question. No, queso's cheese. That's what the word means but in Spanish. <laughs> so, I think 
There's a lot I of people that would sauce. disagree with you. There's the a lot sauce. of people that speak a different languages. Although, like if you an talk, entire there's uh, a, several there's, countries. Yeah, that would say just, no. Yeah, yeah, queso is juicy. Uh, except for, I mean, Tex-Mex queso. Uh, uh, if you are in Mexico and you're like, can I have queso? It will be like, what kind? Like, do you want fresco? Queso fresco? Yeah, queso fresco. It's like coahuita cheese. Like, you know, different types. If you ask for it, they bring you a bowl of melted cheese with like peppers and shit in it. They take a look at me and they know I'm not like Oaxaca cheese. They're like, she wants yeah. that kind of queso. That's fair. That's fair. Well, if I was making something and the recipe called for just cheese, which is very generic, first of all, I think it would probably be like a specific kind of cheese. Yeah. But I would not go get a jar of queso probably nah. to use as that because like it's got other flavors going on in it. You need the, the pure cheese. I have to imagine that the recipe set a type. There's no, there's no way it said, and then you add well, flour, sugar, those. cheese, like there's so many and then the, and then the, Because if that, if that's the case, then I, I didn't want to know what the instructions were. Cause you'd be like, put a bunch of shit together and put it in the oven. I don't know. You figure it out. It's like the specificity is very key in recipes. If it, if it just Time said matters, cheese. Heat matters. Uh, yeah. I think if it just said cheese, then nachos well within the right to decide yeah. what kind of cheese it is. Yeah. You got to specify. If there was no cheese specification, then it's it's dealer's choice. It's free for I all. can't believe we can't I have live to like that. We can't live in a lawless place where they don't specify <laughs> cheese in a recipe. No, it was That's my I don't want to live in a place like no. that. I'm eating a portal. That's the mark of an unhinged person. If yes. you just put cheese Loose. on something, Lou, you, you can't just be. Like, I'm a recipe writer Stilton. now, and you just Blue. magnetic brie. Yes, camembert. You Cheddar. showed me a new cheese the other day that had more cheese in it. It was like the mozzarella with stuff in it. Burrata. There you go. I called it the. I I just. Do y'all like it or no? Yeah. It was, that a, was so that good. That was a sexual groan, not like a disgusting okay, groan. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which I do to cheese a lot. Yeah. Like, oh, this case. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why, like, you gotta know what kind of cheese you're you're getting here. She said she was a cheese slut. Oh, same. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, for sure. Same. Proud cheese slut, right? That's here. what I'm gonna put on the back of my yes. jean jacket. Cheese slut. Yes. Wh- so as a I will go under the bleachers with a hunk of <laughs> I've done that before. In high school, my mom was didn't ever have to ask what we did because my wife, Leanne, who's here, we went to, um, my, some friends were like, we're going to go smoke drugs in this trailer out of this cool place in the woods. And I went and we went with a block of cheese and we cut it in half and we each ate half of it. <laughs> And then my mom's like, we're kids smoking drugs. I was like, May- I don't, maybe. I we was were, knee I deep know. in some Mild, Velveeta. Yeah, it was, it was Velveeta. Like Just that. the government cheese. That block. cheese is good, though. It's like squishy oh, and yeah. weird. That's but cheese also, product. Yes, it's like a loaf of cheese. Yeah, the government has had to be like, it's cheese, not all the way. <laughs> it's cheese-esque. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe, uh, maybe y- the issue is where I'm from when you say... Like, we have a word for it, just yellow cheese, and that could be good. Yeah, that's Velveeta. Where are you from? Is that here? No, I'm from Poland. So in my language... That's not fair then, yeah. You just say yellow cheese. Maybe this one's on me. No, well... No, no, frankly, it's the recipe's fault. uh, Yeah, maybe it's chaos. You can't put out a recipe and you don't specify what goes in it. That's lunacy. The recipe was from my little brain, so that's still on me. (laughs) It's from you? Oh, from your own brain? Yes. Oh, no, that's on you then, yeah. That's... Lawlessness. Wait, but then so it's, you've made it up. I you were the one having him make this, no. but you don't remember what it was, and you don't know what the recipe was. 
Vinny. He knew it was you lasagna. You set him up to fail. He knew it was lasagna. You can't put queso on oh, lasagna. Oh, it was yes, lasagna. Yeah. Well, you can put queso on anything as far true. as I'm concerned. But yes, uh, the typical cheese for lasagna would be ricotta. And mozzarella. And mozzarella. On, the t- on the top, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah ricotta in the middle, mozzarella yeah. on top. Yeah, this is a, uh, an issue, I think, in communication. Uh, Fair. Is what we boiled this all down to. It's not really about the cheese. It's about how you communicate with <laughs> one another. But so he knew you were making lasagna? Yeah. Oh, then that's... He's being fast and loose with the... the I was definitely... Has he... Wait, has he ever had lasagna before? Did he ever watch Garfield? Did you... I mean, you can see it's white cheese. It's right there in the comic strip. On he's Sundays they're in color, at least. You'd probably be able to tell then. But he's, he's like a weekday Garfield, Garfield reader only. <laughs> it's black and white. He's how was like, he to know? I don't know. He's like, Garfield's gray. And how did like, any of us live before colored television? <laughs> we didn't know what color anything was. It was just all shades of gray. Why did they even bother wearing, like, this has gone off the rails. But, I, like, why did set decorators or anybody, like, wear life stuff, were make, why did you, it didn't matter what color you wore or what anything was, everything was just gray. You're the set decorator or the costume designer in the 60s, and they're like, no one can see anything. <laughs> this is no your life is meaningless. Hard work. Uh, or no, every, they're it, like, fuck it, everything's black. This is like a Paris question where I'd be like, so why did they, like, worry about the different colors? You'd be like, well, you see, the kind of camera they use was a lens of this, and then I'm like, <laughs> Well, you asked. Yeah, I know. I do. I get myself into that all the time. Well, so, again, communication. Wait. I'm sorry. This is quite another tangent. Please. But because you just said you, that's how, anyways, sorry. Wait, I fell asleep when Paris was talking? No. So, earlier in the car. It's impossible. We're all driving, and Heather goes, yeah, it was like the other day when Paris was like, hey, do you know Armadillo's Jump? And I was like, yeah, everybody knows that. And all three of us went. I didn't know armadillos jump. They jump up to four feet. And she's like, everybody knows that. We're like, we didn't know that. So I went to, did, round of applause, if you knew armadillos like jump straight up in the air four, four feet. feet. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Out of 200 people. It's, this it's my Texas friends over there. Less, less, more people have been abducted by a UFO in this room. <laughs> the, the new, new armadillo jump. I'm sorry, jump. babe. I'm sorry. On, on the record, I'm sorry. Thank you. That's oh, all I wanted. Um, you know what? I think uh, you're both responsible for this one. Yeah. Fair. Like, Me because you know, I'm dating you, him. What we've learned here is attention to detail matters. Specificity. And specific. open communication. Mm-hmm. You know, Please. but also, coming from an improv background, yes and that, and maybe you've found a great new lasagna recipe <laughs> and this becomes like your thing you did, know but did you Love ever that. make dinner that night yes oh good what, what happened I, we argued for like two hours yeah for sure oh. and then you ate in silence <laughs> <laughs> what was he it just was it just a queso in a bowl that you ate with a spoon <laughs> we ate in separate rooms no i'm oh. just kidding joking no oh god okay, thank uh, so what what god. happened did you make the lasagna yes with real fucking cheese with well, what what was it was it ricotta was it ricotta honestly okay i'm not gonna lie this is embarrassing you said it has to be mozzarella i used gouda for like the top get out bit. <laughs> it was good you put gouda cheese on a lasagna and I you deign to pass judgment queso? on a gentleman who suggested this fierce, bold idea of putting that queso on it. Good. Whoa! You're willing to, to that is mean a yourself flex. with gouda. You're like, fuck you and your queso. 
throw this Gouda on top. I will say, though, as a bossy girlfriend or now fiance in a relationship, I say things with a lot of authority. And he was like, if I was like, no, Gouda goes in lasagna, don't Google it. It goes in lasagna. And he, That's, oh shit, I'm gaslighting. Oh no. Oh, no. He's from Wisconsin. Everybody knows so Gouda doesn't him. go on. Gouda goes on lasagna. Yeah, just like armadillos knows. jump. Oh, no. <laughs> you got to do a lot of soul searching. After I think show. what you got to do is you got to make lasagna again this weekend. And it's got to be, you got to incorporate the queso Tostitos. into it. Tostitos. And then right. DM us what happens. Send pics. Yes, with uh, the recipe. Because I honest, I really think this this could be a thing. If it's, I think, I mean, Mexican lasagna <laughs> is a thing already. Yeah. But I'm going to claim, like, I just came up with it, much like Altitudes. Altitudes. <laughs> and, trademark. Uh, trademark. Uh, you know what? You get the Altitudes after the, the Mexican lasagna <laughs> that you're making. The type that you're making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you could use, like, in place of ricotta, put, like, it's queso like fresco. That sounds amazing. And then on top, yeah. you do, like, Gouda. Yellow queso, and then like the vet, the instead of like, uh, you just chop up like jalapenos and stuff in it. I'm hungry. Open your mind. <laughs> open your mind to the open your minds. Don't open it. your hearts. Be a yeah. believer. You got to be a believer. Don't do yuck it. anybody's yum. It's That's true. what I like to say. You know. <laughs> so final ruling. Final ruling. You need to make a queso lasagna this weekend for nacho, and then let us know how it Tell goes. Tell nacho. Send nacho Thank our love. <laughs> Thank go. you. Yes. Uh, one last thing before we go. Thank you guys for all your grievances. We have yes, a thank gift you. to what give. What grievances? Those are great. So you came through. Ashley Butterfield. Are you here? Shout that you're here. I have a gift for you. But, Come on down. But can we call you by your Instagram name? So good. I'm going to. Uh, I feel like if you put it on social media, then you're not ashamed. It's great. Oh, oh well, you. Juggalo Barbie, if you... Juggalo Barbie's in the house. You won your, uh, the Instagram giveaway. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Just side note, I'm fascinated by Juggalos. If you're, are you, are you a real Juggalo? God. Oh, I love that. I've watched said- so many documentaries about Juggalo life. That's not, up, a, that's not a joke. You get the YouTube algorithm will just like autoplay stuff. And I think I, I don't know what I watched. And I ended up on Juggalo YouTube. <laughs> Couldn't get out. It was no. fantastic. Was I great. need to get on the Juggalo TikTok somehow. <laughs> I got to get on that algorithm. Well, guys, thank you thank so you, thank much. You. You've been a fantastic tonight. audience. Being with us. Thank you to Wise Guys. They've been great to us, so please be great to them. Take care of your staff. We appreciate it. And they'll come out and tell you what's going to happen with the meet and greet and VIP and where to go, and we'll meet you and all that good stuff. Yeah, but can't wait. For now, as always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts. Krista Shinpuri. Sydney Bartlett. Courtney Coyle. Megan Gambrell. Kelly Layton. Sarah Benedetto. Catherine Isham. The Byams. Kim Hedgeman. Sylvia. 
Alyssa Neeling, Linda Lesto, Madeline Bryan, Lindsay Trusty, Alicia Gillette, Pamela Grace, Amanda Caldwell, Harry Wood, Meredith Morrow, Heather McCallum, Vicki Vieira, Kim McKenzie, Hannah Smith, Elizabeth Schechterman, Brittany Canton, Bonnie Yarborough, Julia, MJ, Wendy, Ketty Johnson, Abby D. Barton. Oh my goodness gracious. You got to read this one, even though you just read the last one. Today is the day, ladies and gentlemen, Nancy McKinney, my mother. Thank you so much, Mom. <laughs> Nancy, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Also, thank you to Laura Arvald, Torin Perkins, Tyler Caldwell, Elizabeth Gargon, Gary Hamill, C. Delaney, Tammy Kunkler, Stephanie, Morgan Pertzborn, Kara Roach, Chelsea Hammond, Anna Watkins, Jessica Young, Diane Gilliamet, Tony Salerno, Macy Starry, Sherry Kay, Shelby, Kit Mayle, Shane Wakefield, Noel Ferguson, Akika, Tor, Mallory Deason, Aaron Stalinga, Kristen, Brooke Stanton, Ashley Jorgensen, Hannah, Sam H., Annie Marie, Ariel Gould, Victoria Melly. Who was my intern at Legal Aid. Thank you, Victoria, oh, and a deli- nice. delightful good friend of mine. Uh, always texts me the greatest and latest true crime news. I appreciate you, Victoria, and I appreciate you, Kayla Johnston. And JoJo. Holly Tregertha. Kyla Milstead. Mandy. Carolyn Day. Jennifer Powers. Chrissy. Bonnie Ramirez. Caitlin Argyle. Nika Martinez. Elena Wheeler. Sarah Skelly. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. We couldn't do this without you. We sincerely appreciate it. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. Wah-ha-ha.